Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. afternoon, Auburn. Welcome into Sports Call here today on this Wednesday. We're coming to you live from our studios here on South College Street. My name is JJ Jackson. On the show with me today, I've got Tom Peavy and Ryan LaVoy, and we have a fun one planned for you. We're going to chat with Justin Hokinson of On3 Sports coming up at 3.30. We've got our newest player of the week, birthdays in sports at 4.30 today. Brett Holmes is a NASCAR truck series driver. He will join our program a little bit later in the hour looking forward to talk to him what is it like what is your day-to-day life like to be a truck series driver we'll learn all of that from brett holmes who was an auburn university student he's got plenty of auburn ties and connections that's coming up today at 4 30 right here on our radio show we've got wacky wednesday coming up at the end of the program we're going to keep that a secret to our listeners until we get to that five o'clock hour and a nightly tv guide will wrap up this wednesday edition of the program jj Tom and Ryan, all here inside the studio. Tom Peavy, how are you, sir? I'm doing great. Uh, yeah, just uh, anxiously waiting for the weekend to get here to see how the Auburn Tigers are going to do. So, uh, and then uh, Braves, Braves still on a roll. And uh, I, I mean, I guess that's about it. And looking forward to some of these uh, the callers, and yeah, definitely looking forward to talking some NASCAR with a guy who has been there and done that. That's going to be elite stuff. Yeah. I can't wait for it. Yeah, uh, for me, um, enjoy the Lightning winning last night and um, evening that series up at, at two apiece after being down 2-0 to the Rangers. Apparently that time off did affect them, and now they uh, have won, won two in a row in Tampa. So the series goes back to New York for Game 5. Of course, the Avalanche already swept the Edmonton Oilers, so no hockey game tonight um, as the West Finals already over there. And uh, now the Avalanche will be waiting a while on whoever it is between Tampa and New York as the Lightning trying to defend uh, and go uh, back to back to back. Um, obviously, got NBA Finals tonight, and very excited and nervous about that as well, as that series is even at one. And then, of course, yeah, this weekend, uh, moving up the game 30 minutes in Corvallis, apparently, so 9 o'clock start time, Central Time, uh, for Auburn and Oregon State in Game 1 Saturday night. Uh, of course, would have loved to uh, to been able to host Super Regional if Andy could have pulled through, but obviously Oregon State. Uh, I know Vanderbilt's a great program, but Oregon State uh, has actually been the better program here for a while now and certainly run into them with North Carolina playing them in the College World Series a couple of times. Uh, but being the number three team in the country, not too surprised by that ultimately. So um, got to just go out there and have that uh, tough West Coast trip and um, be late nights here in Auburn, but uh, yeah. right on par for them at 7 o'clock out there. But anyway, a lot I'm still excited about and look forward to and a lot going on. 
Yeah, and the, you know that baseball series with Auburn. Uh, I know there's there's people sweating the fact that got to go on the road and play, but hey, the last time they went to the World Series, they were on the road. They they won at North Carolina, a a very highly ranked and highly thought of North Carolina team that Auburn was able to go to Chapel Hill and beat. And uh, I I think or uh, Oregon State Vanderbilt series showed that Oregon State can be beat. Um, Vanderbilt was right there very with close, them. Yeah. Uh, and that's a Vanderbilt team that Auburn handled. So I, I don't know that you know you necessarily can can compare the two together just you know just strictly on that head to head matchup. But if you want to look at it that way, uh, Oregon State struggled with Vanderbilt, and that's a team that Auburn beat. So I think Auburn's got just as good a chance as anybody. And if they play anywhere remotely like they did in the regional, they can beat anybody out there. We're getting closer. I mean, it's going to start on Saturday. It'll be here before we know it. And again, let's send out another PSA, another reminder to the good peoples out there. Uh, we were saying this if Auburn were to be hosting. Instead, they are on the road. But the game two of the series, Auburn will be the home team. If Auburn had to play Vanderbilt at home this upcoming weekend at Plainsman Park, that second game of the series, they would have been the visiting team. So Auburn will have the benefit of being the home team in the second game of the series. We will see whether or not that turns out to be a factor. All of our sports call callers and guests join us on the Auburn Bank phone line. Auburn Bank has been your hometown bank for over 110 years. Visit them online at auburnbank.com for more information. Your partner, your neighbor, your friend, member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. We're always keeping up up to date on um, the Auburn beat the moves where people are going and that sort of thing and today we learned of a big move within the Auburn community of Auburn beat writers and reporters and that sort of thing Keith Niebuhr having left 24-7 sports officially joins the Auburn live and on three community uh, their beat writer on on three live and Auburn live is Justin Hokinson and he's going to join us on the show a little bit later at 3:30. and you take a look at this Auburn football team you talk about the transfer that they got over the weekend Coy Moore has officially been introduced by Auburn. They were waiting a little bit, but they were able to add him to the roster already. So the wide receiver room guys uh, did ultimately get a boost in some SEC playing experience this week. Yeah, and Coy Moore, if you look at it, had had some impact as a freshman in 2020. Uh, He certainly has played more than uh, a a couple of the transfers that Auburn has brought in uh, on the offensive side of the ball here lately. At about 20 catches, I believe, his freshman year. Didn't play as much his sophomore year. Um, And again, you're just trying to add guys. Again, you're not going to add someone at this point in the process that's going to absolutely be a game changer. However, what you're hoping is you you found a diamond in the rough or you found somebody that's just better than some of the guys you had. And obviously, um, one of the biggest questions on this team uh, is – is catching the football and the wide receivers. I think arguably the two biggest questions revolve around passing the football. Who's going to throw it? Who's going to catch it? And so that helps with the, with the catch Big side. Of the, yeah, uh, <laughs> that, that helps with that side of the equation, hopefully. Hopefully, um, Corey Moore can um, be part of the guy that we saw as a freshman continue to develop from that standpoint and again another Louisiana guy that Trevon Reed uh, has helped brought in to the fold no we're happy for T. Reed making moves out there yeah. Justin Ferguson pointed out on the show yesterday he wrote a profile that this is the uh, most scholarship players from the state of Louisiana in the history of Auburn football which is pretty surreal to think about but you know we joke a little bit 
at, at what you just said, Ryan, but it is so true. Who throws the ball and who catches the ball ultimately at the end of the day is critically important in the game of football. In 2022, we see a lot of passing offenses here, and that's certainly something that Brian Harson and company want to be able to do is move the football. So seems as though Zach Calzada is coming back from injury right now and seems to be feeling pretty well. There are some clips out there online of him throwing in the indoor facility, looking pretty good. There is a, an Auburn Tiger, and now we got to wait for fall camp to come around to see what that looks like. Yeah, that, those clips of him throwing are pretty impressive. I mean, there's not much to it. It's just him throwing, but still, I mean, he his mechanics are good, and I mean, he he's got a. It comes out quick. It comes out of it comes out of his hands real quick. Uh, and so, yeah, it's nice to see him out there. You know, a guy that I think most people feel is going to be your QB one once season rolls around, and to see him out there throwing. Uh, looks good, and I'm excited for it. Yeah, I can't wait to see what the football team looks like, what Calzada looks like in particular, and uh, we'll get a full rundown of that when Justin Hokinson of Auburn Live and On3 Sports joins our program here in just a moment. We're due up against our first commercial break of the show, but if you would like to call in and be a part of the program, you are more than welcome to do so. 334-887-3401 or toll-free at one 9 at Tiger9. This is Sports Call on WTGZ Tiger 95.9. All of the biggest names in the sports world want to be on Sports Call. We are very excited to be joined by ESPN's Adam Amin. Bring on a very special guest, a good friend of the program, a former host of this very show, and the current voice of the Auburn Tigers, the one and only Andy Burcham. We get the opportunity to welcome in Mr. Phil Steele into our program. Be sure to listen to our conversations with athletes, coaches, and media personalities on the Sports Call podcast. We're done paying the bills. Now back to Sports Call on Tiger On Sports Call Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. JJ Jackson inside the studio with Ryan LaVoy and Tom PV. Justin Hokinson of Auburn Live and on three sports set to join us here in just a little bit. A big win for the Braves last night. Six in a row for the Bravos. Did you see some of the action, Tom? Uh, I saw, you saw the highlights. I saw the highlights. I saw Acuna with two big blasts and a. Uh, of course, he's got the nice little celebration stuff. Uh, you know, he's having fun. He is having fun, and it looks like the Braves are having fun. The unfortunate thing is the Mets keep winning. Um, so you, you, it's good that you get that six-game win streak, um, and you know you're not falling further behind. But man, you got to get the Mets to start losing some. The, the Mets, you need the Mets to get on a little bit of a, uh, a losing streak. But I mean, they're they're playing such good baseball up there in New York right now. I mean, really, both those New York teams, the the Mets and the Yankees. 
So, uh, but the Braves just keep doing what you're doing, and maybe it'll all work out. But it's going to take some work for the uh, to get past the Mets with the way they're playing. What a job by Kyle Wright last night, though, on the mound pitching for the Atlanta Braves. Yep. Eight strong innings before Kenley Jansen had a one-two-three ninth, and uh, again six wins in a row for the Bravos, who go for a little two-game sweep over the A's yeah. tonight. Yeah, and uh, and hopefully Acuna can stay hot. Uh, you know, it's nice to see him getting the dingers like yeah. that. Uh, always fun whenever you see Acuna hitting home runs. So. He has so much fun playing the game. It makes uh, us want to go out there and play the game. Uh, and, and he's just such a fun player, an easy player to root for. Yesterday, we really enjoyed our conversation with Ben Ingram, the radio voice of the Atlanta Braves. Our first time chatting with him on the show to hear some stories of what it's like to be a big league play-by-play announcer and about this Braves team having won the World Series. Uh, of course, Ben Ingram having a World Series ring himself that the Braves so graciously gave to him. That was exciting. And then Bruce Pearl was on Sports Call yesterday, and that was awesome to have a chance to catch back up with him. Former Sports Call host Taylor Jones is now running AuburnWire.com. I know a lot of people like to go over to that website and get some Auburn stories, and they quoted some of our interview with Bruce yeah, Pearl yesterday that. to let people know a little bit about uh, what's happening on sports calls. We appreciate that from the folks at Auburn Wire. Appreciate Taylor Jones for the support as always. We loved what he did on sports call for all those years, and uh, yeah, it was a whole lot of fun. Yeah, wish I could, wish I could have been here for for the Bruce Pearl conversation. That would have been fun, but uh, I'm sure I'm sure I'm sure he's a character just like just like always. Yeah. And so uh, yeah, no I could, I'd imagine that was a great, a great conversation. No kidding. And uh, again, thanks to the Auburn Sports Information staff for getting that set up for us and and taking some time out of his schedule. Had to pre-record with him around lunchtime yesterday and then able to air it yesterday during the show itself. Uh, And, uh, yeah, excited to chat with Coach Pearl right there. It's not just Auburn baseball right now that's getting ready for a Super Regional this upcoming weekend. All the athletic programs in college athletics in the year 2022, I mean, it really is a (laughs) 365-day-a-year business, and all these coaches have so many responsibilities, even when their sport is not necessarily in season. Right. Well, yeah, and uh, yeah, that's for every sport. I mean, the all the football coaches just recently had the the meetings down in uh, in Destin, and uh, we'll have uh, uh, SEC media days coming up here pretty soon. Yeah. And they're recruiting constantly. Yep. Basketball, yeah, the season's over, but they're constantly recruiting and fundraising and doing everything like that. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's a nonstop business for those guys. All right, so let's get set for our conversation with Brett Holmes coming up in just a moment. Brett Holmes, a Auburn University alum, would be joining us at uh, 3.30, so here, or 4.30, excuse me. We're a little bit away from that, but I do want to talk about uh, Brett Holmes and what he's been able to accomplish, and, and we'll kind of revisit this in a little bit as well once we get closer in an hour. We will chat with him at 4.30 on today's show, but a truck series driver currently on a part-time basis and an Arkham Menard 2020 champion. What in the world does that mean? Yeah, so NASCAR um, sponsors essentially three main series, three national series, and it's obviously the NASCAR Cup Series, that's the top tier. The NASCAR Xfinity Series, which is uh, what used to be called the Bush Series, and then the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series, uh, which used to be Craftsman Truck Series, um, and and so Brett Holmes has been racing in the Truck Series here 
uh, this last year or so. Not every race. He's running a part-time schedule uh, for his cell phone team. Uh, and it looks like he's also employing Connor Mozak, who I have not seen him drive a race yet and, uh, in the truck series. He just made his Xfinity Series debut here this past week. Um, but he's listed as, as going to drive the Holmes car in a few truck series races coming up. So we'll ask Brett about that. Uh, but the Arkham Menard series is the next kind of level of racing. And I'm not really sure what the sentiment is as far as if people think it's equal to the truck series or that sort of thing. It's not NASCAR. It's not under NASCAR's umbrella necessarily. Um, but, you know, a lot of people do race ARCA because ARCA is more sim- uh, ARCA is more similar to Xfinity and Cup cars than the than the truck is, and for obvious reasons. Sure thing. Um, but obviously, just being a part of NASCAR, being in the cr- in the truck series, will probably be viewed as still being above ARCA series. But ARCA, they they do ovals and they do some of the NASCAR tracks and. Um, they run about 20 races a year, I want to say, compared to mid to upper 20s for Truck Series and then 33 for Xfinity, 36 for Cup. So uh, it's a little bit of a lighter schedule. But, uh, yeah, no, it's it's just it's a car that, that looks and functions a lot like an Xfinity Series car in NASCAR. And, um, again, it's just another one of those developmental uh, racing leagues that is not you know you're not trying to dream to be finishing in the Arkham Menard series but you're using it as a as a ladder to keep working your way up what would you like about being a race car driver for both of you guys I'm just you know um, I, feel, you I, feel, I feel like a Ricky Bobby quotes incoming <laughs> from Tom here because the first thing I said was I want to go fast yeah. <laughs> um, I'd like that you know, so I'd like a couple different things. Um, I would love the um, precision required because if you if you run a lap that slows you down by two tenths of a second, ten times, you're not close to the leader anymore. Not even close. And so there's a lot of precision in how you've got to drive. However, I wouldn't have thought about it in that way, but that is so true. However, yeah. we're talking about precision, not going down the highway at 60 miles per hour. We're talking about going 160 miles per hour in turns while turning yeah. <laughs> or 190 miles per hour down the straightaways. And so I think the precision of that would be appealing. And then also, I mean, just the raw speed, you know, like, like I, I joked about the I want to go fast, but... To be able to go 190 miles per hour legally. Yeah. Like you're supposed you know? to be doing that. Right. Like you need to be doing this to be competitive. Uh, I mean, I think a lot of us always kind of have that desire to like get really fast. And, um, you know, obviously we, we can't legally do that. But um, if you, you know, if those roads, those roads still exist out west, right, that don't have a speed limit. Does it, do, I, there, there's still a couple no of them that exist. There may, there may be. Uh, if they're limited, they might be like 80 or something. Uh, so it's like, just imagine getting to do that is a lot of fun. And, and obviously there's a there's a danger about it. And people have um, died racing. Now, not recently in NASCAR, but 
obviously people have died and obviously people still get hurt uh so it's not without any danger sure but it's still a fairly safe may if, if you crash a streetcar going 190 there's not really any good scenario there now granted a streetcar really can't go 190 but go 150 in it there's not a good scenario for wrecking in that but they've made the cup cars and these cars pretty safe and so you know, there's not as many risks going 160, 180, 200 in these as there would be in a streetcar either. So just the fact of going fast but with great precision and detail required. What would you say, Tom? Uh, yeah, the speed, uh, the money. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, finishing um, last and cashing in 30K. Yeah, in being an place, absolute yeah. professional at the sponsor plugs that you do in every single uh, conversation. Ab- absolutely. It's so impressive listening to those guys talk. Would you get mad if you were a NASCAR driver? Would you get mad if someone just like went up to you and said left turn, (laughs) Uh, left turn? I I wouldn't get mad. I I would. I would. uh, I would probably say something like uh, Jimmy Spencer said to me one time. Uh When uh, I've always told the story how I was working on a story about what it takes to run one lap. And how people think you just sit in the car and turn left or just go around in circles. And Jimmy Spencer said, uh, he's like, yeah, he's like, my answer to that is strap your A in one of these and see if you can do it. So that's what I would do. A lot of G-Force. That's 120 in those cars. And Um, The one thing, though, that I – I would appeal to me as just the team aspect of everything because everybody thinks that it's you know the driver, the driver. But I mean it's it's a team because you have you've got your crew chief, uh, you've got your pit guys. Uh, I mean it, there's so many moving parts to that team. It's the driver is just the point guy that that drives the car, but there's so many other teammates uh, as a part of that. And then you also have teammates on the track with you. Um, yeah. that, that's the other thing people that don't understand the sport. That, uh, you know, the car owners have different cars out there, and so they will tend to try to help each other out and use different strategies among each other, especially on these that have drafts. So where drafting is like is especially important, they will try to team up with each other and get, you know, if they can get the two cars behind each other that are on the same team, then they can both help draft with each other. So, yeah, I mean, that team aspect of it is is a cool part of it as well. No doubt about it. Looking forward to chatting with Brett Holmes coming up today at 4.30 on the show. We'll go ahead and we'll take our next commercial break here on the program. On the other side of this break, let's sit down and we'll chat with Justin Hokinson, Auburn Live on 3 Sports. He will join us on the show coming up next on Tiger 95.9 FM. Follow our sports call host, J.J. Jackson, on Twitter by searching at underscore J.J. underscore Jackson underscore. And follow the show on Twitter by searching at Sports Call AU. Hashtag, is that two words? I'm Jeff Whitaker Jr., former Auburn Tigers defensive tackle and national champion, and you are listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. <laughs> Thank you. 
Welcome back to the Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. JJ Jackson with Tom Peavy and Ryan LaVoy still trying to get connected with Justin Hoke instead of Auburn Live and on three sports. Hope to chat with him here in just a moment on this Wednesday edition of Sports Call. Auburn is uh, getting set to welcome in some of the newest members of their football team. They're moving in on campus, and uh, next thing you know, we'll have fall camp right around the corner in August. Yeah, I guess that's why it was a little surprising, again, just to see more transfer portal news. I mean, I guess like we talk about all the time how many hundreds of recruits are in there even though that you know no one's really talking about them and they kind of fall by the wayside but you kind of just start to lose track of everything and you know all the big names were taken up so you kind of forget that hey there's a lot of people that still need to commit to a school and <laughs> and uh, get a scholarship and, and still could could help some major teams so uh, yeah, I guess that's the biggest thing is just a trickle in a few more uh, transfer portal guys and then they got to get to get to school quick because yeah. uh, practice will be starting pretty soon and, and class and everything that goes along with being a college student athlete that's for sure so uh, speaking of big names let's go to our Auburn Bank phone line right now and uh, guys we are thrilled to be joined by Justin Hokinson of Auburn Live and on three sports Hoke the time is always greatly appreciated and I want to talk about big names and, and let's start about the big news of the day that uh, the internet certainly fell in love with but it seems like the Auburn Live team got a little bit stronger this morning Hoke yeah 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 Keith Niebuhr who I've worked with at Rivals and 24-7 in the past um, and now it on three <laughs> um, so we're glad to have him. He does a great job with recruiting, and I think we'll really add to to what Auburn Live brings to the table when it comes to covering football recruiting. I, I can't imagine a better place or more all-encompassing place to, to, to get recruiting information than Auburn Live at, at this point. I've, I've done it a long time, and I know the people in the game, and um, the, the Cole, Jeffrey, and Keith are as good as it's going to be. So with that being said, and knowing that recruiting is such an important piece to kind of establishing a culture, and we talk about going into year three of the Brian Harson era and making sure you're building teams for the future is so important. And looking at the calendar, I mean, we can see it's June 8th here. We're obviously 80-some-odd days away from actual football being played. But what do these next few days, these next few weeks look like for the Auburn football program, not only for this 2022 season, but years beyond as well? Yeah, I think the next couple of weeks, really this month, <clears throat> is, is pretty big. I mean, they're going to have a, a solid weekend this weekend, and then they're going to re- bring back Big Cat weekend. And so this is just kind of that time right now, summer, where you get a lot of kids taking multiple visits. They, they take some time off, and they go off for a week, and they hit three or four schools. Um, and so it's, just, it's, it's hugely important for Auburn to be one of those schools um, that if you're coming up from Florida and you're doing a swing or if you're coming down into the south, Auburn needs to be one of the schools that you're going to hit. You know, hey, I'm going to come down and hit Alabama, Auburn, Georgia, and, you know, Clemson. It just needs to be in the rotation of a lot of these kids. Um, and it seems to be in a better place than it was a year ago. Obviously, COVID stuff was still going on last year, but um, I think that hurt a little bit. But they seem to be more in the mix with a lot of big-time players that are talking about Auburn in a light that is it better reflects where the program needs to be. Now, you got to land these kids, but – it's good that they're mentioning Auburn along with some of the big name programs um, in terms of how much they like the staff and what they got going on. And so that's what June is wise about. These kids are going to be coming through, get as many of them on campus as you can, uh, and then convince them to come back for an official visit in the fall, and then you're and then you're rolling. So impressions seem to be good so far um, with a, with a lot of these kids. But you know we'll see what happens in the in the fall, and then you got to go win games. 
And, of course, Justin, obviously with the transfer portal, that's another stage that is uber-competitive recruiting-wise now in a sense. It's just a different kind of recruiting. Uh, Auburn getting Coy Moore a couple of days ago out of Louisiana. What what does he bring uh, to this wide receiver room? And and do you think – I mean, I kind of thought Auburn was about done before that. Do you think that's officially the end of uh, Auburn's transfer portal uh, in the summer months here? Um. I'm not sure if it's the if it's the end. I mean, it's pretty close. They're getting to the point where it's going to have to be pretty close. I mean, we'll see if they can get another edge player, um, just a body, you know, somebody that's capable. If worst case, you know, D4 gets hurt or Eco gets hurt or something like that. I mean, another body there would would be nice. It looks like they moved um, Joko Willis potentially to edge, um, and so th- that's that's one move. Maybe that was. That could have been in the plans, or that could have been, hey, we're not sure who we're going to get the portal. Let's let's make, now let's maybe make this move. I'm not sure which came first there, but um, so they've at least added one body there within the within the team. Um, but he's you know he's still a little undersized, so you, you know maybe you look, go land an edge guy. But they're pretty close to being done at this point. I mean, it's you're into summer workouts now, and um, <clears throat> it'd be tough to bring a guy in at this point. Who who is that guy that you would bring in that's available in June? It's the kind of impact player that you would need. I'm just not, I'm not sure. You know, I'm not sure that anybody you bring in sitting out there now would make the kind of impact you need. Um, so we'll see. I, I would suspect they're pretty close to being done. But Coy Moore, you know, that's a position where they need playmakers. They're so lacking in terms of overall production. There's some talent there, um, but there's just very, very little actual production. Uh, I mean, Coy Moore comes in, he's got, you know, played a couple of years, you know, he's, you know, he's, he, he had a little, you know, a little bit of production at LCU and he's already like the third leading receiver career or yardage wise on Auburn's roster. Um, I think Shed is number one and he's only got about 600 something yards career. So <clears throat> it's just an inexperienced group. So number one, you bring a guy in that's played SEC football, played in big games, played against talented quarterbacks, even if he was a reserve, he, he knows the speed of the game. Um, and he's got the athletic athletic ability that you're looking for. You brought in him, and you bring in the Zalon Worship, uh, Worsham, just from Miami. So it's two guys that had the athletic ability to go to LSU and Miami. They just just didn't pan out there. So you hope that you bring them in, and you can develop them. Ike Hilliard can develop them. And you're like, okay, the the foundations there, athletic ability wise. Now can we develop them into productive players? But I would expect Coy Moore more than Worsham to be a fairly important part of what they're going to end up doing. I think I think Moore will end up being a top four receiver, maybe top three receiver on this team. Could could be better. Uh, I think he was an I think he was an important pickup, and Ike Hilliard now has got his work cut out for him. Uh, and that's now talking about wide receivers. Of course, you got to have somebody throw the ball to them, yep. and that's been a big question. Uh, but there's a video now of uh, Zach Calzada working out. Uh, how positive is that seeing him out there throwing the ball? And, and plus, the kid looks like he has an absolute cannon. Yeah, he looked good. I mean, that, we, we put a story up, and then I put a story up actually yesterday. If, if nobody's read it, go. I talked to Ray Isaac, who is his quarterback coach, a personal quarterback coach since he was 10, basically. Um, Ray Isaac played quarterback at Youngstown State for Jim Trestle when they won the national championship. So uh, certainly knows the position, knows how to win. Um, but I talked to him, who was down there with Zach, working out with him. And, um, yeah, it, the, the video looks good. I mean, he can sling it. And, look, if you go back in the spring, I mentioned this to people. We would talk to Brian Harson about the quarterbacks, you know, about what's going on with the quarterbacks, whether it's Finley or Ashford. And Harson would make it a point to say, hey, Zach can sling it now. Zach can spin it. 
it was it almost felt like me he was saying hey he's in the, like don't just because nope. he's not playing like i'm telling you it was kind of a to me the best he could do to say look this guy's good i'm just telling you like he's going to be in the mix and so uh arm talent wise yeah he's he's the he's got a cannon um and i think the big thing is going to be accuracy with what brian harson and eric Keesaw want to me it's going to be who can be the most accurate and um if that's zach then i think he's got a fantastic chance and talking to ray isaac his quarterback coach um the interesting thing he talked about with zach was about just what that did mentally having to sit out in the spring and watch tj and watch robbie ashford and watch holden gurner compete it kind of lit a fire under calzada even more like i want to be out there um and and, and so i think you're going to get a really really motivated zach calzada to to win the job to go out there and compete to prove the doubters wrong to pr- prove people at A&M or prove Jimbo Fisher, whatever. Um, and I think there's some interesting parallels between Brian Harson and Zach Calzada in where they are, like right now. They've had they had they had some high moments last year, and then they both had their low moments, and now they're together, and they're both I think trying to kind of find this path to redemption together next fall. It could be a really interesting story, but I, uh, Zach Calzada looks healthy. And, and I think, you know, if he if he grasps the offense, I think it's going to be tough for him to get beat out. I think he's got the tools to, to get the job done, but we'll see. Here we are. We're talking with Justin Hokinson of On3Sports and AuburnLive.com. And, Hoke, you mentioned the story that you've got there on the website, talking to Ray Isaac. Here we are in the summer. Everybody is looking for content this time of year, and it just goes to show how great Justin is at what he does. He's like, you know what, people want to know about this quarterback. Why don't I call somebody who knows him just about better than anybody uh, outside of his family? And so uh, I enjoyed reading that one. I would encourage folks to check it out as well. Continuing to talk a little bit more about this Auburn football team, Hoke, Still ways away from fall camp opening up and clearly we'll get a big picture view of this Auburn football program at SEC Media Days and the juggernaut event that that is. Uh, but if we look a little bit more on the defense, I know you talked about Joko Willis moving over there to the defensive side of the football, but this unit, experience-wise, kind of how are you feeling about the defensive unit for the Auburn football team going into 2022? Yeah, I, I'm... I'm... I think the talent's there. I think I think defensive line has got a chance to be really good. We'll see. Yeah, SEC is tough. I mean, offensive lines in the SEC are are really good, and it takes a lot in the SEC for a defensive line to to get the job done. I mean, you got to be at the top of your game. But I really think there's potential at that defensive line to be, you know, an elite an elite group, not just a good group, not just an above average group, but a really really good group across the nation in college football. When you talk about Derek Leota, you talk about the strides that Eco Leota could make. You talk about Marcus Harris, who I think was probably a little bit underrated last year in his athletic ability. You talk about Jason Jones, who's 300-something pounds. Can he come in and take a step there? Jeffrey Emba from junior college. Like, There are some guys there that, that I think could really get the job done, and, and I think they're going to have to because I, I think the other two units are – uh, probably average units in the SEC, linebacker and, and, and secondary. I'm not sure either one of those units is going to be top three or four units in the league. I think they'll be good, but but probably middle of the pack type units. So that defensive line, I think, is going to have to be elite, um, like a top three defensive line in the league. And if they can do that, then, look, that takes you a long way. Um, I think Wesley Steiner and Cam Riley have a ton on their shoulders. Um, you know, they've played some, but, but now it's their show. There's yeah. no Kobe and there's no Chandler. So, to me, those two guys have got a ton on their shoulders in terms of directing the defense, filling the gaps, stopping the run. Um, I think some of the guys in the secondary have got more experience. So, I, to me, the linebacker crew is probably the most intriguing and the most interesting group of – 
what are they going to look like? Are they up for the task? Are they ready to be elite SEC linebackers? Um, I think they're good players. We'll see kind of what level they're on, but I think those two guys have got a lot of pressure on them. From your perspective, tell us what it was like this past weekend at Plainsman Park as we shift gears. Yeah, man, it was it was it was really really cool. I mean, I remember. Look, I was there in 2010. I'm sure a lot of people were um, when Auburn played Clemson in that regional, uh-huh. um, and uh, that was electric. This was really this was really something just because of the added the added um, the added area outside of right center field where now you can sit out there and look through the fence. The people up the hill. Um, to go along with the terrace and the plant and the parking deck, and so it was just—it was a great atmosphere. It was really, really cool. And I'll tell you what—I had the thought probably on Sunday when Auburn jumped on UCLA, so they now had killed Southeastern Louisiana and they, they had they had killed Florida State, and then they jump on UCLA. And I couldn't help but think about the way they were jumping on teams and the way the crowd was reacting and into the game from the get-go. It made me think very much of Auburn basketball. It was—it was just. It was like they were feeding off of each other. They were feeding off the crowd. The crowd was feeding off them, and they just seemed like impossible to stop. It was uh, that thought kind of popped into my head about what kind of atmosphere it was and how it was impacting the team just in a huge way. Um, and I think you even saw some players tweet about that, like, "Hey, y'all, y'all really made a difference." So um, it, it was cool. It was a really, it was a really, really great atmosphere. It was great for Auburn, and hopefully, they'll have more series like that during the regular season with some big regular season series, you know, whether it's Arkansas or Vandy or Tennessee comes to town, hopefully they can recreate some of that where you have people hanging over the fences in, in those big home series in the regular season and, and kind of carry it through um, right there. But there's no doubt what Butch has done the last five years. I think you're starting to see now people grab onto the baseball program and make it a, make it a thing you want to go do, not just, hey, we're around town, let's go to the baseball game. Maybe now it's a place like, hey, let's Let's go down for a game or two. And that, that's, that's what basketball did. That's what you want baseball to do. People to say, we need to go there because it's not just a good product, but it's a good experience. Well, and obviously, Justin, the way Auburn played this past weekend was uh, phenomenal when you consider the, the bats in particular and, and had really no issue in any of the games uh, as they uh, really destroyed every opponent they played. As we look to the Oregon State Super Regional, Oregon State number three in the country, but how confident do you think this Auburn team is given that they scored double-digit runs in, in all three of their games this past weekend? Yeah, I mean they're 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 going to be super confident. They're already, I think, a, a quietly confident bunch. I just think that's how Butch Thompson coaches, and I think they just they're about work ethic. I think they're just one of those teams that does a lot of things well, and I think that's what makes them tough in the postseason. Um, so they're already going to have kind of that mindset of we're going to go in and work hard and do our job, and you factor in the way they hit the ball, and yeah, they're going to be they're going to be a really confident group. I think the key is. The approach that they had at the plate was so good this weekend. I mean, very few guys had just bad at-bats. There were very few bad at-bats where it was just like, you know, three strikes and bad swings. And, I mean, there's just a ton of foul balls, um, a lot of pitches in account, opposite field, just a ton of that. I mean, that first night or that, I guess the second night against Florida State, that was, that was a second-team all-ACC all pitcher in Hubbard. He had 60-something pitches in about two and – two-plus innings. I mean, that's the key. Can they go in with the same approach against Oregon State? Be patient. Even if you don't get some of the same results early, um, be patient. Get good at bats. That's where they're at their best. If they go in, Kentucky is where they got away from that. They weren't having good at bats. So if they can get back to that, if they can, they can keep that going and have patient at bats, um, 
they're in good shape. Now, Oregon State can, can pitch. They, they probably have a better pitching staff than Auburn. I think it's going to be a huge challenge for Auburn to um, to be patient and put runs on the board. It will not look like don't, – don't expect Auburn to carry this offense over. If they do, then holy cow. But I, I definitely don't expect that. I think it's going to be a very different type of regional close games, competitive games, and it's going to take really good bat, look really good at bats and approaches for, for Auburn to, to grind out some wins um, against that starting pitching staff, play good defense, and stay in the ballgame. Auburn and Oregon State in the NCAA Super Regionals coming up this weekend. We're chatting with Justin Hokinson from Auburn Live and On3 Sports. Terrific coverage of Auburn Athletics. Justin, entertain us for a moment. I'm going to ask you a question. I promise that you have not been asked at all this week, and it's this. When is the last time that you personally swung a baseball bat? Oh, my gosh. Um, man, I mean – Easily, easily ten plus years ago. I mean, it, it would have been it would have been you know getting together with some college you know with some with some buddies and playing home run derby or something at a park with a tennis ball or something. You know, I mean, it would have been. Um, or I guess if you count softball, you know, yeah. little men's league softball. But if you don't count that, I mean that. But even that was probably ten years ago. But. That's probably the, the closest thing I've come is probably 10 years ago. Well, we're two weeks away from the softball season getting started. The radio <laughs> station's got a team out there. Uh, there Trevon Reed, who was on our show for a couple of years, he's back in action with us, and he's doing a hell of a job on the recruiting trail. So season's right around the corner for us, Hoke. So we said, I wonder of the Auburn beat riders what their softball swing looks like. or What would you play? What position would you feel comfortable playing, Hoke? I'm an athlete now. I'm a good athlete okay. now. Okay, all right. Um, I'm not doubting um, that mean, at all. No, you put, put me out there. Put me out in the outfield. Let me run. <laughs> <laughs> um, tell, tell, yeah, Trevon needs to. He's, he's there's a there's a he's, he's missing on me now. There's a kid he needs to get after here. Okay. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's no, Yeah, put me in the outfield. Let me run. Let me run. Run some, run some balls down. I love it. I love it. Hoke, you're the absolute best. Uh, congrats on everything going well over at the Auburn Live. Big time hire, big addition with Keith Niebuhr a little bit earlier today. That was amazing. We were uh, kind of curious what his next move would be, and boy, is it a home run get for you guys. Give us one final plug for Auburn Live, if you don't mind. Yeah, AuburnLive.com. Um, we're running a deal right now. Um, go check it out. I think it's Let's see what we're doing. I think it's like a dollar for a few months. I don't know. It's Heck crazy. Yeah. So go, go check it out, um, and you, you can get hooked up with a, with a great promotion here for the next um, the next few days at least. So AuburnLive.com, football recruiting. The next month, if, if you're ever going to try it out, I would say if, right now, recruiting the recruiting coverage and intel is going to be crazy um, in, in the month of June. You'll learn a whole lot about a lot of players. So. Get to stretch, and we might be giving you a phone call soon about the team, okay? Sounds good. All right, Justin, thanks for the time today. That's our buddy Justin Hokinson from Auburn Live and On3Sports.com right there. I'll be honest, it had been a little while since I had swung a bat. Uh, since uh, we we put the team back in action this past season. I'd have to go back to the intramural days as well. Yeah, now now we, you know, not too long ago, because that was – that been 2018 spring of well no because you were out in 18 spring is 17 yeah been the last time before you swung it last year so it was about four years yeah um i would have been i guess about the same or uh, did we have a spring team in 2018 even though you weren't in school anymore i can't recall noise to you i can't recall noise to you? i yeah. don't know um but i would I, imagine it had been a while since you had swung a bat prior uh, to the thunder chickens getting back in action yeah, but not not as long as you would think. Okay. Because um, I played uh, I played adult league uh, baseball. Okay. Here in town, there was a, a league called the Billy Hitchcock League, and uh, 
I played it. I played in it for four years. It's a wood. It was a wood bat baseball league. Uh huh. Not softball. Baseball. Um. And so uh, that I would've, wish I would have known about that. Yeah. Yeah. That was. Um, goodness gracious. That may have been seven years ago, seven or eight years ago that I was playing in that. So, uh, yeah, not not that long. Needless to say, it does not exist anymore. COVID, I think, kind of put an end to that. Oh, it was still going to up until twenty. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. There, there's a there's a league um, called the. Uh, See, it's called the MABL, the Men's Amateur Baseball League. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, there was a, a, a local uh, local sports guy named Gary Gomez. Uh, had sons that played at Auburn High School when uh, Gary Gomez was running the uh, Billy Hitchcock League. And I was part of the team called the Plainsmen. Uh-huh. Yeah. And uh, we had teams around. We would play at high school fields around town. And then uh, there was a team over in Eupatoy, Georgia, which is close to Columbus. and Eupatoy. Uh, yep. Yupatoy, yep. man, Tom, I hate that, that I missed this. Yeah, wood, yeah, wood bat. You know I can play a little bit too. Yeah. I, I'm, uh, dang, I'm mad that I'm mad that City of Auburn doesn't have a, a basketball league, yep. and and no no wooden bat league. Which I know that the baseball thing surprised me. I, I would have figured you could have a basketball league. I mean, right. you're just looking for five six people on a team, but uh, baseball, I understand you need, you need more people. You need 10, 11, 12 yeah. at minimum. Um, but, uh, man, I hate that I was uh, not aware of that. And, I, and I mean, these are, some good, these are some good players, too. Uh, you know, uh, Tommy Carter, who is – I dare the, say. Tommy Carter, who is the assistant baseball coach at Auburn High, was uh, uh, was a player and pitcher. So, I mean, that's a guy that played in the majors for a little bit. Uh, we've had, had several former college players, a couple of uh, former minor league players. So, I mean, it was it was real baseball. Yeah, I mean, it was dudes throwing ninety miles an hour. Oh, that have been so fun. Yeah, and trying to swing lumber. Whew. Yeah, yeah. Thirteen days away That's from some the start got of the uh, Thunder Chicken <laughs> right. softball season. Thanks again, Justin Hokinson, for stopping by. Great intel. I'm not kidding. I mean, you want content this time of year. A lot of people talking about Zach Calzada. Hokinson's like, why don't I just talk to his quarterback coach? He's been around him since he was ten years old. Really good stuff. Go check out their work. AuburnLive.com. The first hour of Sports Call has come to a close. Coming up in hour number two, Brett Holmes will join the program and more alongside Ryan Lavoy and Tom Peavy. My name is Jay. Jay Jackson. One hour in the books, and we're rolling. One hour of our show is in the books. We've got more to come. Stay tuned for another hour of Sports Call right after the break. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. 
second hour of Sports Call starts right now on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. J.J. Jackson inside the studio with Tom Peavy and Ryan LaVoy. Great conversation with Justin Hokinson from Auburn Live and on three sports to bring the first hour to a close. We have got, coming up here in just a little bit, we're going to have our birthdays in sports, our newest player of the week. And then also, Brett Holmes will join us. He is a truck series driver at the NASCAR level, and we'll talk with him at 4.30. A great first hour of the show talking about all things Auburn Athletics. Cool to hear Justin Hokinson talk about the experience that took place there at Plainsman Park. Appreciate the coverage that they've had all year long for the Auburn baseball team. And now, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Butch Thompson and the Tigers get ready to open up the Oregon State Super Regional. Big, big, big series coming up this weekend. Yeah. Uh, hopefully for Auburn, it's just uh, – I say hopefully for Auburn, it's just Saturday and Sunday. Well, I mean, <laughs> hopefully. But uh, ho- uh, as, as not as the underdogs, technically. Right. Uh, it, how You know, if it takes two or three. Whatever. Um, but, you know, as you, you brought up, Vanderbilt was very close with them. They forced a game seven in that one and only lost by a run. Um, you know, and – Auburn's. I mean, I, it, baseball it is so funny. I, I like. I even hesitated to say Auburn's playing really well right now because they literally the week before were indeed not playing very well. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so they arguably played their worst baseball and their best baseball in like a fourteen day stre- right. stretch. So I don't really want to like guarantee that they're gonna go play their best baseball again. But um, certainly how they played this past weekend, uh, you know, at, at Averaged what about uh, fourteen runs a game, yeah, something think, in yeah. there? Thirteen runs a game uh, was incredible, and obviously against Florida State and UCLA, I mean those were quality teams. I mean those, those were solid top twenty-five, top thirty-five teams. Um, so Auburn played great. You know, I, I would say. It, you know, I wonder what the pitching will be like. We know Oregon State scores a good number of runs. They don't necessarily hit a ton of home runs, but they score a lot. And Auburn gave up some runs this weekend. I mean, you know, they sure. gave up seven or eight runs the first couple nights. Gave up four against UCLA, which is not bad at all. But um, it wasn't like twenty-one to nothing, nineteen to nothing. But um, yeah, no, I, I think uh, absolutely they're going to be um, they're going to be in a good place. Head-wise, confidence-wise, yeah. and um, look, that was now's the time, and they did a great job last weekend. Yeah, that, and that's what I was going to say. The confidence level is definitely there. You know, it was not like they just kind of squeaked out these games and survived. I mean, there was dominant performances in all three games, so confidence should be there. Uh, you know, unfortunately, you're not going to have the home crowd backing you up. Uh, hopefully, you can. That's not going to be an issue. And hopefully that confidence level will go. But, I mean, they're obviously seeing the ball great right now, swinging the bats up and down the lineup, um, not just having to rely on one guy to do it. It's it's up and down that lineup. You know, we, the, the, the tournament MVP, Brody Moore, but, I mean, that could have been anybody on, on that roster, really. And so, um, yeah, I mean, hopefully that confidence will carry them and, uh, and they can – Get, take care of it. Yeah, Oregon State coming up Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Of course, if uh, one team wins Saturday and Sunday, we won't play Monday. That's how simple that is. With the Super Regionals taking place in the College World Series 
on the line. All right. With that in mind, we're at this point of the week. Sports Call's Player of the Week. Auburn shortstop Birdie Moore is Sports Call's Player of the Week. Brought to you by Eric McDade State Farm. The senior leader helped a red-hot Auburn baseball team to win the Auburn Regional over the weekend, securing a spot in the Super Regionals. Moore was named MVP of the Auburn Regional after going 8 for 15 with a home run, 6 RBIs, and 3 walks across the weekend. Brody Moore is Sports Call's Player of the Week. He is, in fact, our Sports Call Player of the Week presented by Eric McDade State Farm. Congratulations to Auburn shortstop Brody Moore. His dad, Brandon Moore, a standout baseball player for the Auburn Tigers, had a professional career there in the White Sox organization. But here we are with Brody Moore as our Player of the Week. You mentioned it just a split second ago, Tom, named the Auburn Regional MVP. He takes home our Sports Call Player of the Week honors as well. Yeah, uh, yeah, a special weekend for him. Uh, and not just at the plate. He, he was also spectacular. Uh, on the defensive side of things, made made some amazing plays over there, and really that whole team was also good on defense with just one error throughout that entire regional. Uh, but yeah, Brody Moore, I mean, an incredible, incredible weekend for him defensively and offensively. Uh, regional MVP and now Sports Call Player of the Week. We love pretty, it. Pretty, pretty good, uh, pretty good weekend and for old Brody Moore. His success is going to be so important. The middle of the infield has been so important for Auburn in their best tournament runs. You go back to the College World Series run. Of course, number 17, Will Holland, was there at that shortstop spot. And then Auburn had a top 60 draft pick last year at shortstop in Ryan Bliss. So Brody Moore playing the middle infield for the Tigers. His success is going to be paramount for Auburn moving forward. Yeah, and uh, you mentioned uh, good numbers offensively, but played really good defense. And uh, obviously that will be important in a game where Oregon State is going to put the ball or in games where Oregon State is going to put the ball and play a lot. You need a good defense behind you. Obviously shortstop is a position that that uh, comes to a head and Brody's done a great job. Really this whole team, again, I mean, you could have had uh, multiple players of the week between what Brody Moore did, obviously getting the the regional MVP, but then Sonny Deshera, uh, Cole Foster with a three-homer nine RBI game against Southeastern Louisiana on Friday night. There were a lot of tremendous performances up and down the lineup. It was probably pretty difficult to pick the regional MVP just because there were three or four guys that, that were so good. Even Mason Barnett's start on, on Sunday was superb, only allowing one hit over five-plus innings. So yeah, Auburn just, just was excellent there, and, and the bats were excellent. And obviously what, what Brody Moore did, uh, winning regional MVP, very big deal. That is our Sports Call Player of the Week presented by Eric McDade State Farm. Time now for our first commercial break of the hour on the other side. Let's celebrate some birthdays. That's coming up next here on Sports Call. We need a timeout. Sports Call will be back after this quick break. Let's get back to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Feel free to give us a call at 334-887-3401 or toll free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. A Wednesday edition of Sports Call Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app, June 8th, 2022. J.J. Jackson with Tom Peavy and Ryan LaVoy inside our studios here on South College Street. Getting closer to summer. 
June 21st, the official day of summer. And uh, we've got the NBA draft now 15 days away. We'll find out whether or not Jabari Smith is the number one overall draft pick. 13 days away from the start of the Thunder Chickens season. I know everybody's worried about it. Uh, uh, so well, there's I your, certainly am. There's your update for the good people out there. I was going to also say the, um, the Magic tweeted out today like a collection of mock drafts uh-huh. for number one. One mock had Bancaro one that they tweeted out. Four had Holmgren, but six had Jabari. So six out of the 11 yeah. sites that they posted, like the ESPN Sporting News type of places, had Jabari number 11 one. of them. Yep, Very six impressive. Six of the 11, yeah. Very impressive. Um, let's do this. Before we get to our conversation with Brett Holmes, let's celebrate our birthdays today. It's time for today's Birthdays in Sports. All right, our Birthdays in Sports here today on June 8th, 2022. Pete Orr is turning 43. Remember him? A former MLB infielder, played for the Atlanta Braves, Washington Nationals, and Philadelphia Phillies. So he made the National League East Tour, uh, and he's turning 43 years old today. Perfect guy to be like, please hit the ball on the ground so that you can run. Because he was a left-handed hitter and he was incredibly fast. But he did not have much power. Unfortunately, he ultimately did not hit for a very high average. Troy Vincent is turning 52 years old. A former NFL cornerback selected 7th overall in the 1992 NFL Draft. That's the weirdest uh, pronunciation of selected selected. (laughs) ever. Uh, By the Miami Dolphins out of Wisconsin. Also played for the Philadelphia Eagles, Buffalo Bills, and Washington Redskins. 2002 first team All-Pro. He's a member of the Philadelphia Eagles Hall of Fame. Troy Vincent turns 52. Butch Reynolds turns 58. A former American track and field athlete. Gold medalist, 4x400 relay in the 1988 Olympics. In 2016, he was elected to the National Track and Field Hall of Fame. His team's relay time of 2.54 minutes at the 1993 World Championships is the current world record. Butch Reynolds turns 58 years old. I want to go fast, and he can run fast. Yeah, world record fast, pretty good. Yeah, three world championship gold medals in the 4x400 relay for Butch Reynolds. And then finally, Don Robinson turned 65 years old, former MLB pitcher, played for the Pittsburgh Pirates, San Francisco Giants, California Angels, and Philadelphia Phillies, 1979 World Series champion with the Pirates, and a three-time Silver Slugger Award winner. Don Robinson turned 65 now, years old Well, today. and uh, well, this is birthdays and sports materials. Yeah. Well, we, uh, happy birthday to a Thunder Chicken member, Noah the Ocho Gardner. I was going there. Yeah. Yes. Uh, he wears number eight for yep. the Thunder Chickens, fittingly. So happy birthday to Noah. Happy birthday to uh, my very Star- good friend. Starting outfielder and leadoff hitter <laughs> yeah. last year for the Thunder Chickens. Uh, Levi Ledford, a childhood best friend of mine. Uh, who's still my best friend to this day. Levi Ledford celebrating his birthday today here on June 8th, 2022. Birthdays in sports here today on Sports Call. All right, we're getting set for our conversation here with Brett Holmes in just a few moments. Tom, if you will, let's kind of give folks an idea of who exactly Brett Holmes is before we get into the conversation with him and uh, kind of what we're expecting out of this. So uh, who is Brett Holmes? Brett Holmes Racing. uh, We're going to tag him on Twitter, and you can obviously see him. But who is he? 
He's a NASCAR driver. There you go. There you go. <laughs> boogity, boogity. Boogity, boogity. Uh, no, yeah, so Brett Holmes uh, uh, went to Auburn, and uh, he was in uh, building science. Um, he His dad is a former driver who uh, uh, actually had the uh, track record in Talladega on the dirt track, uh, which is just kind of across the street from Talladega Super Speedway. So he comes from a racing family, and uh, he has been racing uh, in ARCA Series. He's been racing in the Truck Series. He owns his own team, Brett Holmes Racing. Uh, and so, uh, and then he won the uh, championship last year, was it? Was it? Uh, 2020. 2020. 2020. ARCA uh, Menard champion. The, the 2020 ARCA Menard champion. Uh, so, very successful guy. He loves Auburn, and uh, people may remember him. Uh, he has his, his helmet looked like an Auburn football helmet. It was white with the AU on the side. And, uh, yeah, he, he, he supports the Auburn Tigers, and he's a good dude. Uh, he is a great dude, and I'm very thrilled to have this conversation with him. Again, uh, this is our first time having a, a race car driver on the show. Right. This show has been on the air for 27 years. And we've never had a race and car And we've driver. never had a race car driver before. I mean, we're breaking yes. boundaries here, yeah. Tom. This is big time stuff. <laughs> this is big stuff here on the show. So let's do that. Let's take a break. And on the other side, Brett Holmes joins us here on Sports Call. J.J. Jackson and the guys want to hear from you. Give them a call to join Sports Call at 334-887-3401. I'm Brian Harson, head football coach of the Auburn Tigers, and you're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Welcome back in. It's Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. All of our Sports Call callers and guests join us on the Auburn Bank phone line. Auburn Bank has been your hometown bank for over 110 years. Visit them online at auburnbank.com for more information. Your partner, your neighbor, your friend, member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. We're going to use the Auburn Bank phone line in just a moment to uh, bring on our very special guest, Brett Holmes, a NASCAR Truck Series driver, will be joining us here on the show Tom, we were speaking a moment ago. Sports Call has been on the air for 27 years. It is the longest-running sports talk show here in the Auburn Tigers community. Daily, five days a week. Started out as two hours. We're here celebrating our our second year of a three-hour sports talk show. And we have never had a race car driver on the program before. That's terrible. That is terrible. I, and a guy I, and a guy sitting here who has covered plenty of NASCAR before. You have. Back in your days with the Opelika Auburn right. News, uh, many a times you've covered, and, and Ryan Lavoy being such a big racing fan himself, getting me into the sport even. Um, you said anytime we get ready to talk a little racing, we needed to hear something like this. All right, guys, here we go. Boogity, boogity, boogity. Let's go racing at this big old Talladega racetrack, boys. Well, that's right. All right, let's go racing. Here we go. Let's, let's go. go to our Auburn Bank phone line, and we are so excited to bring on Brett Holmes. Uh, War Eagle Brett, we're so appreciative of the time. How's your day going? Uh, War Eagle, thank you for guys. Thank you guys for having me on. Uh, we've been uh, doing pretty good here lately, so uh, we're heading out to Iowa this week 
um, this weekend to, to race the Arca Series. But um, so yeah, got a lot of big big things coming up, and just kind of hit the hat well, uh, middle of the year here. We got about last last half of the year to. Uh, with, with with some good races coming up, so really excited for it. Yeah, well, I want to get to the racing in just a moment. Let's start Auburn though, and then we'll kind of talk about the racing career because you got to peel back the curtains for a lot of us and kind of what your day to day looks like and what that world looks like as well. Tell us what it was like to be Brett Holmes, the Auburn University student, and have you been an Auburn fan your whole life? Like, how did you end up at Auburn University? Uh, for sure. I mean, my parents, uh, my parents personally didn't they didn't go to college, but. Um, I don't know what it was. Uh, one of my aunts, uh, one of my aunts graduated from accounting in Auburn, but uh, for some reason it always uh, was always brought closer to that side of the household. I guess I have another aunt that uh, graduated from law school in Alabama, so uh, it was a family divided, or house divided in a way. And um, I don't know, it just uh, just always felt a lot better there. felt felt more like home there. Um, even as a kid, going to football games and, and then watching them on TV, watching football. So, um, you know, it was uh, it, it, it it was a lot to balance as a student. I, I didn't know. I don't think I knew what I was getting into um, with, with racing full time a couple of years, and then uh, being a student full time. It was uh, it, it was a lot more than I could take on, really. So, um, but uh, it was it was well worthwhile and. Uh, probably one of the best times of my life for sure. Yeah. Well, and uh, Brett, you come from a racing family. Your your father was a, a driver, but uh, you come in. It would seem like most people would kind of follow that. But uh, you go into building science here at Auburn. What, what was it about building science that uh, made it, that that was kind of the thing that you wanted to do? Well, I was also brought around construction through my dad. We have a uh, we actually have a site work construction company here at home. So. Um, we, we moved dirt for a living basically. So, right. <laughs> and, uh, gotten into the, to the business side of business side of things with commercial developments and, um, real estate development. So, um, that's more of the side that I've actually been brought on towards, but, um, you know, that's really what I've done my whole life is, uh, race since I was six or seven years old. And, right. um, you know, in, in the summers I would work with a construction company, um, through middle school and high school. And, uh, now this, this is where I work full time. So, um, it's it's really just kind of how, how I, what I was molded to be, I guess you could say. Well, racing is certainly your lifestyle, your background. It's been something, as you said, you've been doing since you were six years old, getting the opportunity to go be an Auburn University student, and then also on top of that, just being an Auburn Athletics fan, as I'm sure you are. Anytime you talk about the Auburn Tigers, you've got to talk about the football team. Brett, is, is Auburn football something that you're actively following? Is it hard to keep up with from time to time because of the racing community, or is it something that, like on Saturdays, no, I'm definitely aware of what Auburn's doing on the football field. How closely are you keeping up? with the football team yeah it's uh i'm not gonna lie to you I, I wish i could keep up with it more i mean i definitely do look at the score and um and some of the play-by-play uh you know what's what, what you know if something's tweeted or, or or whatever about it but uh and, and then on a sports center app but um it, it's really difficult when we're racing on saturdays and, and most of the games are at that time but I, there are about three or four games that i'm able to uh, sit down and watch or go to like this past year I went to the Georgia game and then the Alabama game and um, both really great times although we uh, didn't have a good outcome but um, you know it is uh, I wish I could keep up with it better than I do now but um, it's just kind of part of part of the schedule that that, that I have with with racing so 
Uh, Brett, let's uh, let's get into some of your racing career thus far, and uh, being a 2020 Arkham Menard Series champion, um, you know that's a, a series that definitely starts to uh, get real. I, I'd imagine for a, a lot of drivers as they try and work their way up. What did it mean to you to? I know you still compete in that series from time to time, but but when you were a full time driver in, in that series and winning that series in 2020, what did that mean to you? Oh, it's huge, man. I mean, I, uh, I've, I've been running in that series, started out part-time in 2016 in that series. Um, and, uh, you know, since then I, I ran full-time in 2017, part-time in 2018 and back full-time in 2019, 2020. And, uh, you know, I've just been, just been doing it for so long. I feel like longer than what, you know, some others had, uh, coming through the ranks, spend, you know, as far as how much time I spent there. Um, but I feel like a big part of it too was we started our own team, and uh, there were a lot of growing pains with that. Getting the right people in there, uh, getting the right crew chief in there, um, and and building up that inventory and quality of equipment. Um, that, that's the side of things that a lot of people don't see or have to deal with as a driver is um, the logistics and and uh, you know financial side of an inventory side of everything and how how all that works. So. I think it's why it took us a little while to have success in it, but um, I, I think it was well worth it in the end. It just made that moment in 2020 a lot sweeter and uh, made me appreciate, you know, especially the, the people that were around me that kept supporting me even through the, you know, times that we weren't, you know, racing or performing as well. But um, it, uh, it, it was definitely a, a cool moment. Yeah, and no, I. You know, obviously that's a big high point of your career, but you know, you you go back to when you first started again. You talked about it at six years old. You're racing go karts. Do you remember that very first race? And was it one of those deals where you're like, "Oh yeah, this is what I want to do"? Um, I remember the first race. I don't remember if that's. Uh, I don't know if I had the thought in my head. Oh, this is what I wanted to do. I actually, <laughs> my first fun. race was like, I was, uh, I was. Uh, yard cart like literally what anybody would a little kid would get for Christmas so they had this uh, little track in Coldwater Alabama it's been kind of in between Munford and, and Oxford and uh, literally you know didn't really watch races I mean I'd go watch my dad run the dirt track or, or whatever but you know didn't really understand what's going on obviously just being six year old and not having a care in the world but uh, so my dad was teaching me, you know, you know, the flags and what all they do, what they mean and all this stuff. And, uh, so I won my first race in a yard cart. There were like three or four other carts there, granted, but, um, it, it uh, the checkered flag came out and, you know, he told me, well, you just, you just pull off track and come back to Hollywood, but he didn't <laughs> tell me to slow down. So I basically like yeah, pull straight off the track, going the same, you know, amount of speed I was on the track and. He's like, I'm like dragging him in the mud. He's latched onto the back of the <laughs> cart trying to slow me down. So, um, I don't think at that time anybody would have thought that I would be doing this, uh, right. you know, doing this, uh, full time or, or be, being, uh, being the level we're at. Um, so just, uh, you know, thinking about little moments like that is, it just makes it, um, makes you feel a lot more grateful, uh, for everything. So. 
And, and you mentioned owning your own team, Brett Holmes Racing, and, and getting into the truck series, which we'll talk about in, in just a little bit. But uh, what did it mean to you to, uh, and what it went into the decision to decide to go this route? Because, I mean, it's got to be the, the much harder route compared to trying to sign contracts with established teams and, and, and the more common way. You're going the, the, the less traveled way. Talk about why it was important to you to try and do this all on with your own team. Um, you know, uh, part of me doesn't know how to answer that question, but part of me, you know, wants to say, you know, um, I, I feel like the, the the side of it, we've always built our own race cars and always went and raced and, and housed our own cars uh, since, you know, go-kart days to dirt late models to asphalt late models. Um, so, you know, kind of when we started looking into the ARCA series in 2015, we are like, man, you know, there's no way we can't, you know, we... we there's no way we can't not do this ourselves. Like we can, we can pull this off and be, be successful and, and actually build something, create something. And, um, you know, and part of you like, well, why, why is that? Why is that important? Important. Um, I, I don't know. It's just something to be proud of, uh, something that we've, um, created and it's turned into, you know, a team where other drivers are looking at our team and, um, like Sam Mayer, who's running full time in the Xfinity series. Now he raced with us last year in the uh, ARC and Xfinity Series and our equipment. So, um, and this year, Connor Mojack. So, um, you know, just creating something where, you know, there's other people interested in the, in the in the product you're bringing to the racetrack, and you're a part of these guys' development in their careers. Um, that's, a, that's an important piece of it, too. But, um, you know, we also want to build mine in a way and, and get to racing full-time in the truck series one day. So um, that's... You know, I don't know. That's uh, all that together is kind of, kind of the reasons why. And the guys at the station make fun of me because ever since 2020, obviously NASCAR was uh, the first thing back at the professional level from the sporting event. So the guys make fun of me that I, I'm, I'm obsessed with NASCAR and all this. And, and so I've been seeing you in the truck series uh, this year. You've run, I believe, four races so far. So what goes into, given that you are part-time right now, what goes into you selecting a particular track versus other tracks that kind of what goes into your uh, schedule making process this season yeah that was uh that's a big you know thing we we discussed in the off season um we really look at our you know you really look at your strengths strengths and weaknesses and your inventory you know what kind of trucks you have because obviously there's different kind of trucks different built trucks for you know speedways like your downforce tracks super speedways and road courses so, um, you know, you really measure it. I feel like that that's how we do it is measured off our strength, strengths and weaknesses, what tracks we know we're going to perform well at, and which ones we're going to perform the worst at. So we're going to go to the ones that we perform the worst at. So when we do run full-time one day, we're not going to be lacking there. So um, that's, you know, that, that's kind of part of that decision and that, but a part of it is also, um, you know, lack of sponsors. You know, that's a, that's a never-ending thing, trying to, to find somebody that believes in you and, and wants to invest in invest in the team and and you know who's going to bring them a um, a good return and, and viewership uh, on their performance. So um, that's you know what we're constantly working towards and um, hopefully you know hopefully we'll get to get to that point one day. We're talking with Brett Holmes, stock car driver, truck series, Arca Infinity. Team owner, a little bit of everything. The man. The man. Um, 
Here's a little fun question for you. Uh, back years ago, I was covering uh, covering races at Talladega, and I had a chance to talk to Jimmy Spencer and ask him this. So uh, I'll let you take it. But a lot of people just think that what you do when you're driving is easy. They just look at it on TV, think, "Oh, you know, you're just going around in circles. You're just turning left." Obviously, Jimmy Spencer is going to have, we'll say, a colorful way of answering that question. But in your words, how difficult is what you do when you're behind the wheel and you're racing? How difficult is it, everything that you're having to listen to, watch, just what all goes into that? Well, I mean, I think it's, I think it's important for people to realize, like, you know, you know, we have, there's wrecks, hundreds, thousands of wrecks every day on, on the roads where we're going, you know, 60 miles per hour or less. So, you know, what we're doing is, you know, on a completely different, um, I, I don't know how to put this exactly. I mean, it's a, what we're doing is, you know, completely different level of attention span, reactions, reaction time, um, and, and all of that. I mean, it's, um, you know, you're dealing with the heat inside the car. You're dealing with trying to be, you know, be so consistent every lap, make, you know, uh, not be a, a hundredth of a hundredth of a second different every lap to, um, you know, to, to, to just make, be consistent. Um, give the feedback of what your car is feeling. You know, there's a lot of things that people don't think about every day. So, um, and, and not just have but the tension and stress and the nerves that come with that, with going to those speeds, having to talk to your crew and spotter and listening to them, uh, and, and racing, you know, side by side inches off these guys. So, um, you know, it is very difficult. And I think, you know, once you, I know TV doesn't do a good job of making us, you know, making it look like, what we're doing sometimes is, is as difficult as it is. It's hard to replicate that, but um, it is it is very difficult. It's, it takes you know years of experience to um, get to that point and and uh, just driving skill to to do this kind of stuff and drive these heavy stock cars at this speed. And Brett, I was looking through everything that you've done so far, um, having run uh, 90 races in, in some form of ARCA competition, whether it's uh, the, the regular series or the E-Series, and now uh, 11 truck series races. Does it, has it dawned on you, does it feel like you've run officially over 100 professional races between ARCA and, and the truck series? Uh, no, not at all. I, I feel like I didn't really run an ARCA race until 2019, to be honest with you, because um, everything I raced before 2019 was, uh, you know, we, we really struggled on speed and setups and all that stuff, you know, aside from one or two races when I first started out in 2016. So um, I, I wish, you know, I, one part of me wants to, you know, say wish that that part didn't happen or that racing didn't happen but you know part of me you know thinks well if that didn't happen it probably wouldn't be what i'm sitting at today uh with with winning the championship in 20 so um i don't know it doesn't feel like that yet but uh i'm sure it'll it'll hit me as i get a little bit older uh so i turned 25 this last month so um you know getting there to the age for um some of the same age with these you know uh, truck and xfinity series guys do this for for a living so um you know we're we're it's uh, it'll it'll feel like that one day i'm sure do you have a favorite track that you've run at over the last few years um you know people ask that a lot and it's just that is, that's also a tough question to answer without giving you multiple you know multiple answers i mean uh talladega obviously is 
it's hard to beat just because the atmosphere of it um and uh being so close to home i mean that's i raced at the go racing of the dirt track across the road from the super speedway so um and my, and my dad there too so um it's hard not to choose say that's my favorite when it comes to you know the environment the people um and all that that comes with that uh the history there too uh with the alabama gang so um but i i think personally driving like um a lot of them i i feel like my driving style suits a lot of them on the half tracks like uh kansas michigan charlotte uh places like that so um i've really grown to to like the speedways like that I know a lot of people might roll their eyes whenever they're asked this question, and I apologize if that's the reaction you have here. But Brett, I've got to ask do it anyway. The race car. Do what now? Uh, yes, yes, yes. You beat me to it. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm rolling. You can't see me, but I am rolling my eyes. I need to <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, we did not. I've never had that happen. I can personally say that. I know a couple people who have. I've no, I don't know anybody who's gone further than that, um, but uh, I don't. I don't think. I think part of the the deal is like, you know, the nerves and and the heat inside the car will just. I feel like just never let me do that. Like I don't. Um, you 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 know what I'm trying to say? Like yeah. You're, no. You're just so into the race and so worried about other things that you just like lose the thought of that even happening. Like I've gotten it. You know. We, the national anthem has happened before a race one time, and I looked at my interior guy who helps me hook up and sell the car. And I was like, "Dude, I'm sorry, I'm probably going to pee in this car this race because like <laughs> didn't have time to get there. Didn't have, I was I was trying to drink a lot because it was hot and stuff. So uh, and it didn't happen. So uh, I, I don't I don't believe that I can do it, but. Yeah, uh, I know. I know some that have. Well, we just we just did the math. It's 101 races, so we've got that much. So let's here here's to another 100 of not having to uh, to take a leak behind the wheel. How hot does it really get in a race car? Because we've never been in that setting. Tell me what it's like. So um, you know, a lot of these summer races uh, in this time, I mean, it, it's it easily is in the 120 to 130 range um, for Whew. you know after about you know I, I would say after about 20 laps, it gets to that point. So. Um, it, it's like that for the majority of these races. Are you aware of that, though, or is adrenaline just taking over? Um, you know, a part of it is, uh, uh, yeah, part of it, part of it is that. But I mean, we we do have a, a helmet blower, so there is like, you know, blowing, you know, have some sort of airflow inside the car. Okay. Um, you know, the Cup Series drivers, they're they're coming out with like cool suits and stuff like that. These. Uh, crazy expensive suits that keep you cool to the race, but um, really, as long as their their races are, they they kind of have to have something like that. But our races, you know, typically last an hour and a half to to two and a half hours. So, um, you know, I'll I'll probably lose on average three three or four pounds a race just from uh, just from sweat and stuff like that. So, um, you know, it is it is, it is very difficult in the in the summer months for sure these are the good questions we want to get to because again you're the first race car driver we've ever had on the show and we've never got to experience this other than the joy of maybe a go-kart here or there uh in our lifetime getting to be behind the wheel of that my next question so here a few weeks ago we saw the coca-cola 600 and we saw a five and a half hour race take place brett i ask you like how long have you been in a car for an event and, and does time truly feel like it is it 
an hour? Does it feel like an hour? Just your concept of time when you're so driven to be quick on these minute laps or whatever it may be. I, I don't know if you understand my question, but I'm just curious the concept of time once in the car. No, I mean, I definitely think that, you know, when you're getting in that last quarter of the race or last stage of the race, you're you're, you're thinking about it. You know what I mean? It's definitely... Wow, it's been a uh, while. That, that thought, <laughs> that, yeah, exactly. That thought is creeping in your head. The, you know, the longer the race is and the more tired and drained you get, the more dehydrated you get, that, that thought is definitely there, uh, that last half of it. But the Coke 600, that's, you know, the longest, one of the longest cup races. I mean, it's, they normally run a 500-mile race, and uh, that one's six. So uh, it is a good bit longer, and, and it being dead in the summer, it's... Uh, it's very tough for sure, and you know a lot of a lot of you know critical critical NASCAR fans, you know you know wanting to call for for races to be shorter. Or, um, I mean, and some drivers in the past wish races were longer. So uh, it's just uh, uh, competitive. There's always that uh, you know as you know competitive versus entertainment. You know. Um, that, that kind of argument there. Shocker. No one can agree on something. Uh, <laughs> well, and I was going to say, JJ was asking the pee questions. Like, yeah, the time goes by. It's like all of a sudden, it's like, man, I actually have to pee now. I've been <laughs> in this car a long time. Uh, hey, Brett, favorite NASCAR movie? Favorite NASCAR movie? Um, Surely Talladega Nights, since, say, you're, since you're from there, basically. Yeah, I mean, Talladega Nights for, you know, for funny, for stupid funny, but uh, I really like Six Pack, too, Ooh. but not a lot of people have seen that. Yeah, that's, see, that's old school. That's my that's my time. I got to check it out. Yeah. I haven't seen that movie. Wow. Yeah. See, I, I would have never guessed Six Pack, but yeah, that's awesome. I, I mean, a lot of people say Days of Thunder, but I just think Days of Thunder is just kind of cheesy. Just, right. Well, and that was, uh, that was that, and see, and that was the other question. It's like, you know, when you watch a movie like Days of Thunder, yeah, how accurate is some of that? I mean, obviously they've got some NASCAR guys that uh, help teach them what to do and how to act and things like that. But I, I'd imagine for a, so I've been a firefighter for 14 years, and so I see a movie. Uh, uh, you know, I see a fire movie, and I'm and I'm just picking everything apart on it. I would imagine a driver like yourself would watch a NASCAR movie and be like, okay, yeah, that's BS. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's hard not to. You know, like you said, just depending on your. Uh, professional what you do you know every you know hollywood's got a hollywood so um you know uh I, i've never seen anybody shift in the in the middle of a straightaway after running a few laps but that's just me you know uh, it's just it's just part of it you know oh. uh brett you can look at brett holmes bio one of your hobbies listed is video games are you playing nascar video games or do you just try to get away from that once you turn on the gaming console no. Yeah, I mean, uh, um, a little bit. I mean, I I, I, uh, I do get on iRacing, racing. So, whether you think that's a video game or simulator, you know, that argument's always been a thing. But uh, I do get on that some. But uh, no, mainly I, I played, you know, other stuff like uh, your, your normal stuff, like uh, Call of Duty and, and other things. So, um, I, yeah, I kind of get away from that a little bit, and um, that's you know, a lot of my friends and, and I do that through the week. Uh, after after work or while we're you know all at home not not away for the weekend or, or trying to get uh, minds off things basically. Uh, here's a question: uh, NASCAR, you know, has obviously changed a lot of different things in uh, Bristol. They like to race on the dirt now. Uh, they'll do the dirt race here. You have talked about how you grew up uh, racing the dirt track there at Talladega. Uh, do you ever watch that Bristol race and think, oh man, he's like, I can actually take these dudes on this track? No, I, I definitely I think that all the time. <laughs> not in a not in a uh, 
you know, not in a non, not saying that in a bratty or non-humble way, but I just, uh, just cause like, that's just, you know, you, you cater towards your background, you know, like a lot of these guys who have a, a prior road course racing background, like they don't take me to school on any road course race. I do, you know, so, um, the, the dirt thing is, um, even more critical cause like, you know, we're, uh, when I used to race dirt, you know, they're 2,300 pound, uh, weight model cars. So you're driving it a lot harder, um, you know, and, and uh, you know, just slinging it into the corner, keep holding it sideways. Uh, whereas these heavier stock cars, you can't really do that. You can't really get too out of whack like you do in the late models. Or, um, so I feel like, but it's still very, very much helped me in the past. And um, the last dirt race I ran was Arca, and uh, we were very close to winning that race. So, um, you know, that, that's that's one reason we're not running those races. One, an inventory thing, you know, we, we're kind of one one sh- truck short of wanting to do that race, but also I feel like we're not going to struggle when we when we eventually do that when we run full-time. Uh-huh. Uh, we're talking with Brett Holmes here on Sports Call, and, uh, you know, I just mentioned the dirt there at Bristol. NASCAR's doing a lot of different things. Um, they had the uh, the preseason race at the L.A. Coliseum. Uh, do you like the direction NASCAR is going right now? And, uh, you know, obviously that's through every series, whether, whether you're talking about Arkham Menard, whether you're talking about Truck, Infinity. Uh, do you like the the direction that NASCAR is going with all the different changes that they're making? Um, I think so. I mean, you know, uh, I, I was, uh, I'm really, really happy that uh, everything they were doing with the cup cars like turned out great. Like all the races have been great this year. Uh, just the product they put on track. I was really worried, like just being in the business, like knowing the talk of everything that's going on in North Carolina between all these race shops, everybody was so worried about uh, you know, supply chain issues, not getting parts. Um, the you know the the manufacturer the car was coming from. Um, so on that side of things, you know, I think they really you know hit the nail on the head I, I, with it and, and took a gamble and it worked. Um, I feel like the truck side of things, like all our, you know, our races are super competitive right now. So um, even more so than the Xfinity series, I think. But um, the Xfinity series has a good good package too for the weight of those cars their body style and motor um you know they don't have a lot of downforce that's what a lot of uh cup drivers want is cars with hardly any downforce because they have to drive them harder so um i I think they definitely have a good setup between the three series um as far as tracks go you know they're they're experimenting a lot and uh, going into a lot of different markets seeing what's what's working and what what's not you know what kind of racing they produce so um i think they're kind of coming through that right now to see um, what kind of you know core changes they or, or core things they want to set for the future? Brett, let me start to wrap things up with you again. You're so kind with your time, and glad we were able to get you on the show here in the Auburn and Opelika area. Where does Brett Holmes want to be in ten years? I, I know that's a big question for you to kind of sit there and reflect on. But where do you want to be in ten years, man? Man, that's a that's a tough question to answer. I mean, I would uh, you know I would hope that. Uh, um, hope that I would want, have, have won a Truck Series championship and um, maybe racing an Xfinity Series one day uh, full time, um, and, and hopefully have a championship in that. I mean, that's just the kind of uh, you know stepping stones I want to take. And um, it's hard to say in ten. I mean, I, you know, I, I could give you an easy answer and say, well, I'd, I'd love to be a Cup Series champion, and that would uh, you know that's definitely a goal to, to make it there one day. I feel like, but um, you know, it just uh, with, with us doing our own stuff with our own teams it's 
you know, takes a, a little bit longer than we'd like to, but um, I think we're going down a good route and um, going, going towards a good future for those goals. Brett, we are so grateful for the time today. Uh, you've certainly gained three fans here in the studio, and I'm hoping I speak for the masses listening to our conversation right now, either on the radio or on our podcast a little bit later, that they've become a Brett Holmes fan after this. How can folks support you, Brett? Is there any way at all that, that folks can support Brett Holmes Racing? Yeah, we're just, um, uh, you know, just uh, watching our races. You know, we're, we're out there right now. It's kind of a little difficult to keep up with our schedule. It's running part-time in ARCA and truck series. Um, our schedule's on our website, and info about our team is on our website uh, at com. So um, that would be the best way to keep up with us and, you know, our, our results every race, sponsors, um, and, and what we're going to be running at next. We'll be sure to check it all out again. Thank you so much for joining us on the show today, Brett. This was a whole lot of fun. And look, you're not going to be a stranger on the show. We're going to have to invite you back sometime soon. We'll be the people that keep you up to date on what's going on with the Auburn football team. Okay, we could do that for you. It's the least we could do. <laughs> thank you. I, I need I need somebody for that. So thank you. I really appreciate it. And, we got uh, you taken care of for sure. War Eagle, Brett. Or you go All right. That's Brett Holmes joining us there on the Auburn Bank phone line. Uh, we've come to the end of our second hour of the show today. I want quick comments from you. I mean, I'm blown away at how well that went. Uh, that guy's all 25 years old, yeah. younger than me, and just it, it's so cool to see what he's doing, doing in his own way. And uh, I, I'm, I'm genuine that I really am a Brett Holmes racing fan. Yeah, I mean, well, you mentioned 25 years old. He's got his own team. He does racing. He's got people that race with him. Uh, he's also got the other uh, the other company stuff that he's doing uh, that does not involve racing. Right. Um, with the whole building science degree and and that whole deal so it's successful i mean the, the guy's successful that, yeah. that's just the best way to put it it seems like he's doing it the right way and, and slowly but surely and in a sport where you want to go fast yep. when you own your own team and you're coming up from nothing and you've got to figure out he's talking about inventory a lot you yeah. know supply um, chain and, <laughs> and he has raced for the 12 races this year he got his first ever top 10 right. in the truck series this year and, and it, it's much easier to try and get in with kyle bush motorsports and truck series or thor motorsports but to own your own team and to slowly build up slowly yeah. build up is what he did in the arca series and that's what he's trying to do here in the uh in the truck series so we wish him well and we'll look forward to seeing them out on the track more this year. Cannot wait to see more of uh, Brett Holmes and what the future holds for him. Incredible conversation. Uh, go and support him. BrettHolmesRacing.com Alright, we've come to the end of hour number two of Sports Call today. Wacky Wednesday still to come on the show. The Nightly TV Guide and more. Alongside Ryan LaVoy and Tom Peavy, my name is JJ Jackson. Two hours in the books and we're rolling. hours of sports call are finished don't touch that radio dial we've got one more hour to go whether you're leaving work cruising around town or listening on demand we've still got some fun left for you to be part of the show give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9 
Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show has been on the air since 1995 and is ready for 60 more minutes of fun. Now, let's get this hour of Sports Call started. Third and final hour of Sports Call getting started right now on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. J.J. Jackson with Tom Peavy, Ryan LaVoy, and Brooks Childress is here with us for hour number three. Hi, Brooksy. Hey. How are you today? I am phenomenal. Can I just say, I sat out in the, the uh, in the lobby during the last uh, half hour and listened to that Brett Holmes interview. Phenomenal. Phenomenal job by you guys. Thank you. Phenomenal interview. I've never heard him. I, I've seen him. I've seen him racing, and I've seen a couple, like, sound bites here and there, but I've never heard a full-fledged interview with them. Great. Great guy. We need to get him on some more. And I want to get more traction with that. It's going to be posted on our podcast feed. I want people to go listen to it if they were to miss it. The whole time, you might have been thinking... Alright, guys, here we go! Boogity, boogity, boogity! Let's go racing at this big old Talladega racetrack, boys! I'm, I'm just trying to find more reasons to use that uh, <laughs> that, that no- sound there. Boogity, boogity, boogity! You know, good stuff. That was awesome, though. In all seriousness, uh, our conversation with Brett Holmes was elite absolutely i mean we had the serious questions we had the fun questions i i mean and we still br- have more questions he brought up an, he brought up a movie another go figure another movie what did that he JJ say has, six pack six pack never heard i'll be honest i've never heard of it wow never heard of it is that how many dr peppers i'm buying tonight <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I need to check that out then i have never heard of six pack yeah, i've also I, never I, Nin- yeah, 1982. That's why I was shocked that that was his favorite movie. Because, I mean, that was a movie that I grew up watching. Uh, Would Kenny you like R- me to come clean here as well? Never seen Days of Thunder. <laughs> that one's harder to <laughs> that, believe. Yeah, yeah, I can understand you guys not seeing a, 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 a movie from 1982. But uh, Kenny For, Rogers. Maybe Kenny- maybe J.J. get on big Tom Cruise kick since we just saw Top Gun Maverick. Yeah, I've seen both watch. Top Guns within the last two weeks. Put maybe, the tires on it. Yeah, I'm, I might need to go do some. Uh, Trying some to. I'm, I'm, I'm looking up. Days of Thunder. I'm looking up six packs so that I can give you a. Let me do one Days of Thunder comment before while okay. you look that up. Let me say this. The longest time when I looked. So it, it's legit a NASCAR movie. Days of Thunder. Yes. Yeah. Okay. The longest time that I would look at the cover, I was like, that kind of feels like a uh, Too Fast, Too Furious kind of. Like, I, I I don't know. I thought it was just like, like a street, street car ra- racing. Yeah, street and, racing movie. Um, but apparently it is not the case. <laughs> apparently that is not what Taze of Thunder is about. <laughs> yeah, okay. Isn't there another shot that, I don't know, yeah. I showed him yeah, the you covers. Showed me the it's Tom a, Cruise. It's Tom Cruise and You Can't Outrun the Thunder. Is written on there, which is actually kind of humorous, and that sounds like some sort of like corny like horror sci-fi movie. Yeah, you yeah. can't outrun the thunder. Yeah, and it's like this, like he, I don't know. I'm not gonna. But anyway, it's uh, like what's the what's the movie? It's like the the kind of like silly horror movie that's got like the giant worms. Is it Tremors? Tremors, yeah, Tremors, yeah. yeah, yeah. That that kind of reminds me of the, that. Those got more humor, so they weren't original. Yeah. The first one was not meant to be like. It's kind of like Sharknado, uh-huh. where they wanted to make it like, oh, this is going to be a great movie, and then it kind of they they I, accepted it in too. I, I I think now, JJ, you don't worry Not about a great, it. JJ, I, I wouldn't go far so far as say great movie, but they wanted the, it to be a the more first serious movie. one or two. I thought were actually salt decent horror movies. Like they were they were not anywhere near Sharknado's ter- terribleness, <laughs> um, and then they got silly in a way. But again, 
Sharknado spoof movies, not that bad. Definite, no, not that bad. But I mean, nothing that bad. I mean, the first one you had like Kevin Bacon in and yeah. Fred Ward. Again, ser- definitely serious movie that was not bad at all. I just want to protect it because I watched every <laughs> single Tremors movie while I had COVID last year, and so that, that was that that was what got me through each day. <laughs> and so I just wanted to wanted to state that that those movies are very important to me. Uh, my dad has texted us wrong, um, saying how I've never seen Days of Thunder and that my father almost disowned me when I hadn't seen Top Gun and now it's getting serious Uh-oh. that I haven't seen. Ma- dad, Ma- I'm being honest, well, I haven't seen it before. But he he has he went to he went to Doctor Rob he went to Top Gun Maverick. Yeah, he's I, now seen both Top Guns, so we're okay. Yeah, we're, we're good okay. to go. Now, no, oh, should I tell him what happened though? Can I tell this? With three minutes left? Hey, do it. Oh. Call him out. <laughs> yeah. Hang on. He's about Call to lose out. some points. Yeah, Don't here, stop listening here, yet. And just not only my father, but Shepard. Uh-huh. This is a good story. Uh-huh. So um, I can't, I'm not going to like go through plot of the movie because I know some people haven't seen it, and I'm not going to spoil things yeah. the way J.J. does sometimes. Um, but with like four minutes in the movie left, I look over. We rove about six of us. And JJ stands up and laughs and starts walking down the the steps. And I'm like, is this man going to the bathroom? The action sequence had just ended. And so like everyone and their brother knows there ain't much more of this. If the if the, the climax of the movie just concluded We're trying to wrap We're not we're up. not doing thirty more minutes here. We're doing five minutes tops. And he after the action sequence, he bolts down and goes to the restroom, comes back up basically as the movie is ending. Like he sees like the last half of the last scene. And I'm like, son, you could not have waited to go to the bathroom for three more minutes. And he's like, Man, I was holding it the whole time. I was biting my shirt. <laughs> And I was like, put three more minutes. I was in pain. It's funny that we're talking about this because we just asked Brett Holmes, a professional race car driver, if he ever pees behind the wheel, uh, having done 101 professional races. And I mean, I was in pain. I had to go. And once the, uh, I was like, I think this is a good time to go. I knew what time the movie was going to end. I knew, hey, Top Gun Maverick, ladies and gentlemen, the runtime is two hours and 11 minutes. I was trying to calculate the math, and I just could not hold it anymore. I had to go. I had to go. I did not pee in the movie theater. I went to the restroom and took care of that. (laughs) What we're saying is don't stick JJ in a race car for five and a half hours. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Could you imagine? He'd have to have a diaper (laughs) and a backup (laughs) diaper. And if he didn't, under caution, he was like, what's this liquid coming from underneath his car? Has he got an oil leak or something? Something's leaking. A a red flag stop, and you look, JJ's peeing over the wall. (laughs) Can I follow up on that? One comment he made about Brett Holmes, that is, who just just joined us and if you missed it again go please support the sports call podcast and also support what he's got going on behind the wheel of a race car 120 to 130 degrees yep no thank you yeah oh, holy cow yeah, that's part of the difficulty that is hot yeah but yeah those cars do not have air conditioning yeah <laughs> so, weighs it down yeah no no ac in the no acs in stock cars yeah, no, you're not going on your your nice uh, summer evening drive, no. um, and you're wearing a fire suit, and, right? The, the, you know, as he talked about, they've tried to get 
um, those Cup Series drivers that have insulated suits that right. kind of cool them off. But it's like you'll you'll hear about every two or three or four races, someone will have an issue with their with their helmet AC or yeah. with the water or something. And I I, I can't imagine. And, and there's some guys that already are on the brink. I, there's some particular races that guys will get out of their car, just sit down, yeah. and just have to collect themselves for a moment. Um, because again, it, it is it is very hot, and it's you might think oh 120 well we can all survive that yeah um but no you're not going to stand out in 120 degree weather for three or four hours right. having to focus on doing something else other than just get through the heat so um it's uh, it's pretty bad and and you're also not necessarily sitting in the most the most comfortable area i mean they don't have plush seats in the in stock cars or anything like it's that it's not I mean, movie theaters yeah, yeah no movie theater <laughs> there's seats. no recline uh, no it, it's uh, it's you know you're it's kind of an awkward position that you're sitting in because your your butt is really low to the ground and your feet are kind of up um but i mean it's just you're in solid metal uh, i mean they're yep they, you don't have a nice comfy plush leather chair that you're sitting in yeah. in a stock car so i mean it's there's enough nothing comfortable about riding in one of those or driving one and and the heat is uh, that's just part of it i mean you're you're in a big metal capsule with major rpms and a lot of heat a lot of heat generated from the car and that just goes along with the outside heat go back and listen to our conversation with brett holmes to learn more about what it's truly like to be a race car driver. Let's take our first break of the hour. When we come back, Wacky Wednesday. It's about to get wacky here on Tiger 95.9 FM. Sports Call has been on the air since 1995. This is Jake Crane, host of The J-Boy Show, and you are listening to the Abbey Award-winning Sports Call. Welcome back into the program. It's Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM. JJ Jackson, Tom PV, Brooks Childress in our studio right now. Ryan the Boy will be back and momentarily uh, as we want to take your phone calls on the Auburn Bank phone line 334-887-3401 or toll free at one 9 tiger 9 joining us now on the show Jeff from Columbus Jeff has called in hi Jeff hey JJ how y'all doing well, great how are um, you today great great that was a great interview uh, the guy was really a a intelligent well-spoken person I believe he's uh, that was really I expected somebody that sounded like me to get on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> but, but um, uh, hey, I, JJ, I was gonna, I, I, I was calling in to stand up for you and tell your dad, I guess, uh, Mr. Jackson, that hey, you spent all your time studying sports and studying. You didn't have time to watch all these movies. Yeah, exactly. Like Godfather. <laughs> but how do you explain all your cohorts there? Yeah, <laughs> they they mm. seen them all. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And they're pretty knowledgeable sport-wise. So, I, like I say, it impresses me how you all know <laughs> so much and, and still got a degree that uh, and can still watch the movies. But, um, uh, Tom, yes. what is – do you remember the movie with Burt Reynolds, Jim Neighbors, and Lonnie Anderson? Yeah. Stroke a race. He was – 
Stroker 8. That was it. Yep. Now, I love that movie. That was pretty yeah. fun. I liked that. But, hey, what I really did call in, I heard you mention before the interview that, you know, people always say it's, you know, hit the gas, turn left, hit the gas, turn left. I am a car guy. I can fix any car, no matter what it is, with the right, with enough money and enough time. I, I love cars. Had a Smokey and the Bandit, Trans Am. Uh, JJ, do you JJ know hasn't seen that movie either. Is? I guarantee you he's not oh, seen that movie. <laughs> JJ, do you know who Burt Reynolds is? Yes, I, I mean... If I had to do a photo lineup, it might take me one or two guesses, but I certainly can tell you I've heard that name. Okay. All right. Yeah, I'm with your dad now. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to start to disown me too, Jeff, man. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, JJ. Just you're going to have to take it. Let's find another Uh, host. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, you you lost me after after Justin Bieber. (laughs) But, But, hey... I went. I won a Richard Petty driving experience up in Atlanta Motor Speedway. So I get up there. Yeah, I'm just going to floor this thing and go around this track. I got in the car. They put me in there, and they told me to put my left hand at 11 o'clock and my right hand at 5 o'clock. So you picturing this? I go, man, this is uncomfortable. He goes, you're going to spend more time in the turns, and you're going to need to hold on. I go, Okay, I just figured I'd drive it like a regular car, you know, just whip the wheel, you know, stuff like that. Man, I got into that, you know, of course, they start you out slow. You're following a driver around, and all of a sudden I go, yeah, this is cool, this is cool. I get that turn. It, It's not smooth. It has, I mean, it is like driving on a turnpike in Pennsylvania because it it uh, it is rough. It bounces. The wheels come off the ground. We get in the straightaways. Man, I'm still 11 and 5, but when I go into turns, it's smooth. You know, right. it's smooth. But the whole the whole car feels like it's going up the wall. We, we drove around in a van so that they would tell us what to expect. It was banked so sharp that we couldn't drive the van on the track because it would roll over. So we get around there. I'm driving around following this driver instructor in front of me. There are people that have gotten in the car with a professional race car driver that are driving around the top edge. They came past me like I was standing still. I was going 145 miles an hour. I almost cried. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it is. And everybody asked me, all my car guys, what did the tachometer say? What you know? How, what did it feel like? You know all this stuff. How fast you going? I go, man. All I was doing was looking straight at that guy in front of me and could care less about anything else. All I was doing was holding on. I was done after five laps. Yeah. It was fun. I said I did it, but that's it. I couldn't imagine. Right going, for all the hours know, that they're there doing it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was going one forty. I think it ended up like one forty three. But the guys on the outside, I mean, they were going 190-something. So they're going 50 <laughs> miles an hour faster, and they think it's fun. Right. I want it out of there. Yeah, so I – yeah, you got to appreciate it. And, and I couldn't imagine passing anybody. I was just happy to be following somebody. No kidding. No kidding. <laughs> yeah, so 
But, uh, yeah, that was a great interview, and I've listened to this show forever, and you're right. This is the first time you've had somebody on, and it was it was real interesting. I'm, uh, We're knocking down walls in 2022, Jeff. We're as trend-setting as they come. So uh, my dad has messaged, by the way, saying the Smokey and the Bandit car is his all-time favorite. He sent me a photo it, it, of it, so I'm now educated on where I need to be I here. I had a uh, black with T-top gold honeycomb wheels. It got like eight miles a gallon. <laughs> I, I mean, but I didn't care. Gas was 86 cents a gallon. You're you know much better I'm off. Saying? Sure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's All right. So cool. All right. Well, hey, uh, I know you got stuff to do, but uh, I did enjoy it, and I hope to talk to you all soon. Perfect. Thank you. That's our buddy Jeff from Columbus joining us there on the Auburn Bank phone line. Yeah, Smokey and the Bandit is one of those classic movies that many people that grew up watching it still can uh, recite lines from today, especially the sheriff, Buford T. Justice. <laughs> he, uh, he has a lot of lines in that movie that people still... Yeah, uh, still talk about today. Well, so it's uh, a great phone call there from Jeff, and certainly this hour has not started off on the best note for yours truly. So I'm hoping to change that. It is Wacky Wednesday, no, and going to change. Here, nobody, <clears throat> nobody likes to disappoint their father, and uh, <laughs> I'm <late>. absolutely <laughs> a part of that group. So I got to make them proud. Okay, it's Wacky Wednesday, and we're going to turn it around. We are about to start the second ever. Sports call spelling bee. We talked about the spelling bee briefly last week. It was one week ago today. We had the first ever spell off in the history of the Scripps National Spelling Bee. Uh, Brooks, remind folks what happened in the first ever sports call spelling bee. Well, I know that I I don't remember if it was how many people were involved, but I know myself and our former associate Javon Cutler were involved. And we did Auburn Names was the, one of the big ones. And I got stuck with uh, Igbenogany. <laughs> and then uh, some, someone else, some really hard name. And, and Javon, right after me, got Pearl, as in Bruce Pearl. <laughs> yeah. And then see some, that's funny. He got another. He got another really easy one. Bryce after I got Brown. Two, yeah, he got Bryce Brown, and I don't. And I got an easy one too. I got like Mal's on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I got stuck with Igbenogany, and so someone else that was really really hard. I can't I remember who it remember. was. I don't remember who it was either. But yeah. I'm hoping I, JJ has to pay for that one. Today. No, don't you worry. Okay, so how did we get to today? What what do we have ahead of us here in, um, in the year 2022 in the second ever sports call spelling bee? So a couple weeks ago, uh, well, probably about a month ago, we did the Dibbles test. If you don't remember that, go back and find it on our sports call podcast where it was a reading comprehension test right. geared toward fourth graders. We did the fourth grade level to see how, how many words you could read in a minute. Barry Blanchard joined us that day. So, so in in the spirit of that, that was a fourth grade level. I figured in a couple weeks we could go up a couple grades because fourth grade words aren't the most shouldn't be the most difficult. So we did go up a couple grades. I've got a list of sixth grade spelling bee words right in front of me. It's kind of are you smarter than a fifth grader? Was the show where this is are you smarter right. than a sixth grader? Sixth, oh man, the sixth grade question on that show was always like the hard one, like the yeah. really hard yeah. one that you'd get the bonus question for. Can you hand me a red pen, Mr. Jackson? I would love to. Yeah, no, let's wait. get you a red pen. Yes, please. Now we're really in school. All right. So, how many words? All right. So this is a sixth grade spelling. This bee. Is, these are sixth grade spelling okay. bee words. For let's the, take for, us to the end of the show. Let me let me say this. It's the sixth grade spelling bee for the most part. 
for the most. Oh, oh no! For, oh, 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 oh no! Well, I threw igbenogany his way, so yeah. I guess payback's coming oh. in some form. Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. I've just got to make my father proud. Don't That's all worry. I'm aiming for at the end of the day. All right, so father, F A T H E R. Correct. But, yes. Um, Does not, not, not a word. Okay. All right, so are you, are you ready? I think so. All right. Let's get wacky. Let's get wacky. Do you want to start, Mr. Jackson? I want to go first. All right. Let me set the tone here. I'll, oh, we'll set the tone. For your first word is action. Action? Yep. Sixth grade. Yeah. Wow. Uh, action. A-C-T-I-O-N. You got to say it again. You, remember, it's a- Action. Correct. Okay. Ding, ding, ding. I, say, I say the word, I spell it out. M-A-C. All right. Uh, Ryan, we'll go to you next. Mammal. Mammal. M-A-M-M-A-L. Mammal. That is correct. Okay. Wow. Those A's and the A-L's and the E-L's yeah. can trip you up a little bit. See, when I was in the spelling bees, I always felt the pressure mm-hmm. and overthought everything. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I didn't perform and well when I actually... Yeah. <laughs> I'm, going to, I'm going to disappoint myself, uh, but... but uh, Maybe not. Maybe not. I'm going to be optimistic here. Let's go. All right, Tom, okay. your first word of the day. All right. Do you remember sixth grade? No. <laughs> <laughs> kind of, actually, yeah. Your first word of the day. All right. Simply. You're simply the best. <laughs> yeah. That is your example. <laughs> simply. S-I-M-P-L-Y. Simply. That yes. Correct. Simply perfect so far. All right. JJ, your next word. Farquhar. As in Garrett Farquhar. <laughs> uh, Farquhar, Farkey, uh, a reserve second baseman, started a couple of games for the Auburn Tigers, Garrett being the first name. Is that Farquhar, your spelling, guess? Uh, I wrote it in my scorebook uh-huh. a number of different times on the call for Auburn baseball this season. Well, I believe Farquhar would be F-A-R-Q-U-H-A-R. Garrett Farquhar, Brooks Childress. That's correct. Look at that. Ryan, your next word. Solar. Solar. As solar. in like power. The solar, the solar system, system. As in power. Solar power. Solar system. The sun. All right. Solar. S- solar. S-O-L-A-R. Solar. That's correct. See, you know what was in my mind? Uh, Jorge Soler. Don't do it. The World Not Series the MVP yeah. for the Braves. Yep. Tom. Y'all. Your next word. <laughs> Myth. Myth? Myth. Myth. I would have crushed sixth grade. (laughs) M-Y-T-H. Myth. That is correct. JJ. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Your next word. Come on, get him. (laughs) (laughs) Igbaganagi. I'm going to make you spell both of these, all right? Babatunde Akimbola. Oh. (laughs) All right, Babatunde Akimbola. Babatunde, B-A-B-A-T-U-N-D-E. Babatunde Akimbola, A-K-I-N-G-B-O-L-A. Akimbola, Babatunde Akimbola. Correct. Yes! Oh, wow. Yes! Wow. Fearless so far. Goodness gracious. I would have phoned it in, probably. <laughs> uh, Ryan, your next word. Intermission. Intermission. I, I don't know, man. I don't know, man. We only have two of those in hockey. <laughs> yeah. I've been watching a lot of hockey lately. Mm, yeah. Intermission. As in the Discover Intermission Report. <laughs> I-N-T-E-R- 
M-I-S-S-I-O-N, intermission. That's correct. And we're not even spelling them out in front of us, you know? Yeah. I, oh, yeah. Because well, sometimes see, I they, can't be dramatic like that. Like, okay. no one would know what I was doing. Because like, it's oh, radio. You know, You're look right. Look at the yeah. palm here. Yeah. Oh, look at that seam in the palm. Oh, that might help me out, though. Doing that, the air writing. Yeah. You'll see the little kids on the You yeah, remember the both the eyes. And then after all that writing, can you use it in a sentence, <laughs> please? <laughs> Is it a noun or a verb? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're making fun but they're going to be far smarter. They, they, will, <laughs> they, they will be our bosses yeah. in a few yeah. years. Tom. Okay. I can't let JJ have all the difficult things. Oh. Yes! So, Wonderful. acknowledgement. 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 All right. I actually might want to write that out there as well. Yeah, because uh, yeah, I might get lost here then. A-C-K-N-O-W-L- E D G M E N T acknowledgement. That is incorrect. Now, what did I miss on that? Incorrect spelling is A C K N O W L E D G E M E N T. Oh, I missed the E in there. Some people drop E's every now and again. Yep. And Tom acknowledged the error. Yeah. All right. We- no, I also said I was probably going to get lost towards the end of it because that's yeah. a long word. That's a long like, word. I was yeah. like, is he still? Sp- I spelled Babatunde Akinbola. I guess. Look at you. I guess technically that should have gone to JJ because that's what happens. You miss the word, it goes to the next person oh, in, okay. in spelling bees. So, but oh, well. that's uh, that's fine. I, our first miss of the day is. Yes. I acknowledged that I was the first <laughs> miss of the day. All right, JJ. I'm not going to give you all these hard ones. Well, I'm going to give you all these hard ones, but not all in a row. Heroes. 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 Can you use this in a sentence, please? <laughs> all of our heroes end up in a Hall of Fame. Because, you know, there's the Greek... Uh, is it Greek? Is that the the sandwich thing? Like, like a that? hero sandwich? Yes. Euro. That, uh, you mean a euro? Yeah. The G-Y. Oh, yeah. no, that's what that would be, euro. euro. This is hero. Oh, okay. Right, yeah. Heroes. I thought that was pronounced hero. I a need euro. a hero. Okay, H-E-R-O-E-S. I need a euro. Heroes. Yeah. What'd you say? <laughs> H-E-R-O-E-S, heroes. That is correct. Thank you, sir. Making Ryan. my dad proud. <laughs> Ryan, I don't think you've gotten a very hard one yet. <laughs> no. <laughs> And none of these are actually very So Lair hard. Power was hard, okay? He, he could have got tripped up. Only only because on of the Jorge Soler reference, not because the word itself is very hard. All right, we'll give you one. Well, you did get intermission. That was a long one. So I'll give you a, a, something not as studios. Studios? Studios. As in, as in the Tiger Communication Studios. <laughs> correct. Studios. S T U D I O S studios. Also, I'm scared to death spelling words that I'm just going to like say the wrong, the wrong the, letter. The letter that I'm not thinking, like yeah. <laughs> you know, and just say it wrong. But the th- the mind is like, oh, you're going through it. That's where it, we for some reason, up. Some yeah. reason it's just like, oh, I need an E. <laughs> <laughs> but that is correct. Thank studios you. is correct. Or in my case, I needed an E. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tom. Yes. Your next word. Tommy. Tom is rural 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 thank you for not making me have that word because i can't pronounce that i don't want that to be disclosed on live radio <laughs> oh wait i just disclosed just disclosed it for everybody rural rural so, rural should uh that's r-u-r-a-l rural that is correct 
the Royal Rumble. No, that's no, that would be Royal, Royal Rumble. Rumble. Oh, I know. I was being funny. There could be a Royal Rumble. <laughs> yes, rough and rowdy. Yeah, that's a, that's what they do in Beulah. <laughs> JJ, your next one. Quattlebaum, as in Jacob Quattlebaum. Oh He's yeah, that's this. the long snapper that's for the right. Auburn football team. This is a tricky one. Okay, I see Baba Tunde Akimbola. I've seen him for years. I wrote Garrett Farquhar in my scorebook a good bit. With all due respect to Jacob Quattlebaum, I'm not looking at his last name too frequently as the long snapper of a football team. But nonetheless, here we go, Jacob. Q-U-A-T-T-L-E-B-A-U-M. Quattlebaum. That's correct. Yes! Wow. Look at that. I've never gotten that one right. Right, acing it. It's not Quattal Bomb. It's Quattal. I stare at jerseys. I've talked about this before. I love numbers. I just I look at the jerseys a lot. Proud of you. Thank you. I am proud of you, Ryan. Your next word is independence. Independence. I n d e p e n d e n c e. Independence. That's I was correct. thinking of that song. And also, I was trying to keep I going because JJ was shaking the hips a little bit yeah. for some inexplicable <laughs> I reason. I was singing the song. Do you know what that means, man? Yikes. Can that be docked a point? I'm just curious. Yeah, maybe. We may take away his action point. All right, Tom, your next one. All right. You had rule last time, so we're going to give you Spaghetti. I thought you were going to say urban. <laughs> I was like, oh, we'll do the other kind. Spaghetti. Which uh, <clears throat> is what I'm having for supper tonight. Uh, spaghetti. Oh, okay. Yeah. What time? Uh, probably like seven-ish. All, All right. See you then. All I'll right. be there. Yeah. Bring right. some bread. Okay. So I got you. Spaghetti is S-P-E-G-H-E-T-T-I. Spaghetti. That is incorrect. What did I miss on that? JJ. Say it again. No, let, let, let him say it again. Uh, say the first three letters again. Is it is it S P A or S P E? It is S P A. See, I could I was I had everything I couldn't remember if it was S P E or S P A and I went with the E. That's that's where it gets you. Spaghetti. Spaghetti. But I had everything else right on it. Spaghetti. Spa. Spaghetti. JJ. Brooks. Your next word. Is this man just looked at AuburnTigers.com. That's right. It said, Let me get all of these crazy last names. I love you for it. I deserve this. Your next one, well, you gave me egg banogany. So, <laughs> yeah. all right, your next, I, I'm, I know you can spell egg banogany. That's why I didn't, I'm not giving you right. this time. Your next word Krzyzewski? is squawk. No, I'm not going to make you, no, you know that one from yeah. hands down. Squawk. Squawk? Yep. Squawk. squawk. Okay, if this if you ask me to define squawk, yeah, I might be in trouble here. But squawk. Well, this isn't an encyclopedia bowl. I know. This is a <laughs> spelling bee. Squawk. Yeah. I would say, S Q U A K. Squawk. That is incorrect. No. Okay. Ryan, your word is squawk. Squawk. S Q U A W K. That is correct. All right. Missed the W in there. Mr. What Jackson. is squawk? Quack. Like the, bird does. Yeah, it's we will be squawking at the Thunder Chickens games later in the month. Yeah, it's it's like barking. <laughs> no, that would be barking. No. <laughs> squawking is squawking. It, yeah, but like it's, dogs bark and birds. It's squawk like what a bird does. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Dogs yeah. bark and yeah. birds squawk. I'll give you that one. 
rough. All right, so Ryan, you did get. I think squawk. I have seen that before. <laughs> there's also a radio terminology for squawk, like when you're trying to find the frequency. There's a true that. Tom, your next word squawk <laughs> is vault. 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 That would be V A U L T. That is correct. JJ. Are we back to me? It is back to you. The sports call spelling bee 2022 is. I'm going to make you spell first and last name here. Oh. It's Darian Goburn. Okay. I got that. Darian Goburn. Okay. Darian Goburn. D E R R I A N. First name, Darian. D E R R I A N. Darian. Goburn. G O B O. U R N E Goburn G O B O U R N E Goburn. That's correct. What a baller! Thank yeah. you. What 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 is incredibly ironic is he's gotten approximately four pretty difficult Auburn University names, nailed them all, <laughs> but on the, one of the actual sixth grade words he has missed. I, I missed it. Yep. Ryan. Take me back to sixth grade, man. And Ryan. You start putting sixth grade words on the back of jerseys. Yeah. <laughs> Dogs bark and birds squawk. Maybe that's how we. You Jackson. Should <laughs> <laughs> that should have been your flashcards when you were like learning things. Is just write, draw little jerseys with the with whatever you're trying yeah, to learn on the back of that's it. That's a good thought. Yeah. yeah. Ryan, your next word. You want to take me back to school? Well, let's put that into practice. <laughs> I'm not the one to ask for that. Oh, okay. Ryan, your next word is vacuum. Vacuum. Oh, uh oh. <laughs> um, oh, I'm I'm not sure about this, but we'll try. As opposed to not trying. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, vacuum, V A C U M N. Vacuum. That is incorrect. No? Okay. Tom. I thought there was. Word goes to you. Vacuum. V A C C U M E. Vacuum. That is also incorrect. Oh, what the heck did JJ, I the word goes back to you. Vacuum. So vacuum is one of those words where I don't know. I know one part of this correct. I'm getting tripped up on the C's, right, and mentally in my head. But if I write this out, I'm going to stick with this. I'm going to say right. V-A-C-U-U-M. I think there's just one C. I know there's two U's back to back, but I'm going to lock in one C as opposed to two. Now I'm regretting it. This is the part of sixth grade spelling bees where you forget it, uh, but I know there's two U's in vacuum. So you're spelling it. V-A-C-U-U-M. That is correct. Oh. V-A-C-U-M. Tom looked at me and said no. That's not all. What did you see? What did you see? Vacuum. Uh... Okay, well, that does yeah. say V-A-C-U-U-M. There's always two U's in vacuum. Okay. Yeah. That's not what I saw earlier, but I don't That would be a fun English major huh. question. How yeah. many words have two U's That's, back to back? Yeah. Because I can't think of any other than vacuum. Ryan, back to you. Your word is poem. Poem. P-O-E-M. Poem. That is correct. Tom. Did you like writing poems? 
if they were short <laughs> if they required the, the the to me if a poem was like more than eight lines i don't know what's going on here i don't want to so in, i don't want to be like page long poems i don't want to insult the poetry community sure so i think i'll refrain from making yeah, any further comments people. I hated Probably. the haiku when they made you write haiku poems. That's we what we were to, here for. I feel like some of I didn't like it because you had to you had to like think out like you had to just get, like, certain syllables. It's got to yeah. be certain syllables, and I was like, no, thank you, because it didn't make sense. You but know? some poetry, you just write stuff, and then they're like, oh, that's a poem. That's like that's slam poetry. Oh, no. You talk about slam poetry. Oh, no. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, I think you're just writing a story, and they're like, no, it's a poem. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> what, what's the difference in a short story and this poem that is also a no, one? Ryan, no, Ryan, not not a poem, a, a poem, a poem. <laughs> no. Tom. Oh no! Your next word, yes, is whose? Uh, could you use that in a sentence? Whose house are we going okay. over to this evening? So that would be W H O S E. That is correct. That was important clarification there. Yeah, that's why I said use it in a sentence. All right, I went first. I'm going to end right. this because we've got a phone call I want to get to before okay. it comes to a close. Is there one big shebang that you were holding in your no. back pocket, Brooks? There, there do were, it to him. There were two for you, but I'll do I'll, it to yeah, him. Yeah, I want to hear them then. Let's do I'll, this real what, quickly I'll, and then we'll I'll go see, to the phone line. I'll see your name. I'll, I'll do your name first. Spiridondus, as in Alex Spiridondus of the track and field team for Auburn University. Good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll agree to a tie right now because we both missed one more. You asked for it. That was, oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm sorry. I, I, you know, I am very sorry to Alex. Do we know if it's he or she? It's a he. Okay, I'm sorry to Alex that uh, I, I did not look at your name in the results this year a good bit. Spiridondus. Yeah. I would guess S-P-I-R-O-D-O-N-D-E-S. Spiridondus? That is incorrect. It was S-P-Y-R-I-D-O-N-D-I-S. Ah, Spiridondus. All right. Do you want your other one that I was holding for you? Yeah, go ahead and give him three strikes and he's out. Go <laughs> this ahead. is not a name. This is an actual word that I was waiting to use on you. Encyclopedia. Oh, you should get this. You get this. Encyclopedia. Okay. E-N-C-Y-C-L-O-P-E-D-I-A. Encyclopedia. Yeah. That's correct. Okay. Thank you very much, Brooks. You're welcome. All right. That is our sports call spelling bee. That was awesome. That was absolutely awesome. Let's see if our next caller wants to participate. We just did a sixth grade spelling bee calling in here on Sports Call Tiger 95.9 FM as we go back to our Auburn Bank phone line. Next caller due up. James from Montgomery. James has called into the program today. Hi there, James. You've been listening to our spelling bee? Uh, Yes, I have. What have you thought of it? Oh, man, it's amazing. It's really, really great. Let, let's give you a sixth-grade spelling B word. We were going back and practicing. Are you ready? Okay, yes, I am. All right, James, sixth-grade spelling B word. Let's start with express. Okay. Um, I'll have to say that is E-X-T-E-S-S. O N. That is that's incorrect. It is E X P R E S S. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. That's it's okay. okay. Let's get one more. Let's, Let's give me one more. Let's okay. Let's go right. with gaze. 
Okay. It's G-A-M-E-S. Yes, games. Very good. Games. Great job there, James. Awesome. Feels better to get one right, right? Yeah. Okay, let's give you one more. Okay. James, your next one is the one JJ had the first time. Action. Oh, man. Let me see. It's A C T A C T O N. Almost. You missed one letter in there. It's A C T I O N. You missed the I there. Okay, okay, okay. But very, very close. Very good job, though, James. Okay. Yeah, so we've been having fun with the Sports Call Spelling Bee. They had the National Championship Spelling Bee last week. Yes, I actually did. Uh, Were you actually, tuned in? Um, I did. Um, I wasn't tuned in for that one, but I actually saw that one actually on my Twitter feed. So keep up the good work, guys. Okay, absolutely. Yeah, what's else on your mind? Well, with the NBA Finals starting today, I'd probably say that the the Boston the Boston Celtics are going to win Game Three, Four, and Five. So I'm just going to see how tonight's going to do and tomorrow before Game Four and Game Five uh, come out. Um, with the Boston Celtics as well, and seeing if they're if um, if Draymond Green and uh, Clay, Clay uh, Thompson is going to actually uh, see who's actually going to come out on top between those two those two great great players from both teams as well. Uh, Clay Thompson and Draymond Green play for the same team, James. Yeah, so I'm gonna just see how. I'm going to just see how they work together to slow down the Golden State Warriors tonight because I think with Draymond Green and Klay Thompson, I know they work work very – they have like a team effort. You know, they they work together as a team, and I think that the Golden State Warriors would lose tonight's game as well. So it will be – It'll be two games to one That's right. Golden State. No doubt. If, so. if you had Draymond Green and Klay Thompson working together to ensure the Warriors lose, I think they'd be uh, I think Boston would definitely win the game if that were to be the case. What's your score prediction for tonight? Um, I would have to say my score prediction for tonight's game is one hundred and fifteen to one twelve. Oh, close game. All right. Yes, as well. And then with um, the NASCAR um, schedule that's coming up this weekend from uh, Sonoma, I'm going to be watching that one and seeing who's going to actually win in that race as well. That's going to be one of the biggest races in NASCAR. It's one of my favorite races out out there in uh, Sonoma, California. So I always watch that one every year. It's one of the oldest tracks in Sonoma and one of the – Beautiful places in in the um, in the schedule for NASCAR fans as well. What two drivers do you think are going to perform the best? Um, I would have to say I'm looking at um, I'm looking at Martin Truex Jr. 
Chase Elliott, and I would have to say Kurt Busch out of those three. Okay, even better. We ask for two, you give us three. I, I'm expecting that we're going to see a very exciting Sonoma race. Give us some other thoughts, James. Well, with the USSL championship that's coming up on June the 25th, there are going to be four teams going to be actually playing in the playoffs this coming up weekend. The Birmingham Stallions will be playing uh, this coming up weekend, so they are 9-0, and so they're actually punching their ticket in to play in uh, in in Canton, Ohio, so I'm hoping that they would actually have to play for the championship in Canton, Ohio. I'll probably see the Birmingham Stallions play against the New Jersey Generals for the last time. Okay, and who do you think wins the championship? It would have to be Birmingham Stallions as well. Okay, all right. All right. You got any other news for us today, James? Um, Actually, I do. I will be uh, watching the WNBA because we do have a double back-to-back game. We do play the, the Dallas Wings actually play the uh, Seattle Storm. They play tonight and tomorrow night as well before the All-Star weekend that's going to be coming up real soon for them. Okay, what are you expecting out of the All-Star weekend? Um, I'm actually seeing a, a huge comeback in Brittany Griner. She's actually coming back to the WNBA um, to the WNBA roster for the All Star Week. So I think that's going to be a really a really good thing for her to come back and play in the All Star game and and uh, some other uh, people that I actually put in for the All Star um, voting for the for the big game this coming up week as well. Yeah, no doubt about that. Well, uh, I don't know necessarily if Brittany Griner is going to be able to play in that WNBA All-Star game, but that would obviously be the biggest story if uh, if she was able to be there. So uh, we'll be certainly tuned into that, James. Okay, and um, I don't have any uh, NFL news about Deshaun Watson, but I'll have all that uh, ready to go on uh, tomorrow's show as well. We we saw James where uh, where Liv Morgan you you claimed her to be your future wife there from <laughs> WWE. <laughs> yes, yes, I do. I am one of uh, Lynn Liv Morgan's best fans. I've seen her since she was in the NXT. So um, that's going to be um, very, very, very good. But I'm thinking that is like in the near future that's going to actually happen because I do uh, love a lot of women in the WWE and seeing what they really bring to the WWE uh, universe for a lot of young ladies to act, a lot of young women to actually look up to those great. Uh, athletes in and out of the ring as well and they do a, an amazing amazing job with whatever whatever project they do during the off week they they do a really amazing job with like salute to the troops and and they're doing a huge huge project for the um for the Special Olympics uh, athletes, they're really helping out with that as well, and it's it's amazing to see something like that being being honored as well. So, if Liv Morgan is your future wife, James, where does that leave you and Marie right now? Are you guys on good terms? Uh, yes, we are. We are actually um, we're actually in uh, in the dating bubble right now, so we're actually trying to make uh, things a little bit. 
um, open to everybody to see. Okay, multiple our, wives. Yes. Yes. So it's more of like for our relationship to, um, to actually like for us being together, other people outside of us would like look at how I'm treating my girlfriend as a boyfriend's perspective, like showing her, you know, I care about her and she cares about me as well. Love wins at the end of the day, James. Huh? I said love always wins. It actually do. It actually do as well. And um, this coming up June the 18th, I'm asking all of the Auburn sports callers to come out to downtown Montgomery because we're actually doing a special event on June the 18th. Tell us about it. It's Juneteenth celebration. It's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, just come out to the Rosa Parks Museum in downtown Montgomery. We're going to have a lot of food, fun for the for the whole entire family, it's going to be amazing. And um, if y'all want to come out and uh, just come by and say hello, I'm yeah. more than welcome to, you know, show y'all around. We'll, we'll see what the calendar looks like. James, it was so good to hear from you. Give us a call tomorrow and we'll do some NBA Finals trivia, okay? All right, sounds good. And War Eagle. War Eagle, indeed. That's our very good buddy, James from Montgomery, joining us right there on the Auburn Bank phone line. That concludes what was an absolutely amazing Wednesday edition of Sports Call. Make sure that you tune in to our show tomorrow. It's going to be elite as well. Tom Peavy, appreciate you being here. We'll see you next week. Absolutely. Brooks, you're the best. We'll talk to you soon. Absolutely. All right. And Ryan LaVoy, see you tomorrow. See ya. All right. (laughs) 